need I need that sports, sports encyclopedia. We were at Steve Kim. Got Trent in the cut. What up, what up, what up, man? The real coach JB. My main man, Big Smitty. Ah! Are y'all ready for this? Ground like something to prove it. Came to a conclusion that In any metric, coach, you cannot have Russell Wilson. Nick gave me my first offer. Like, it, it, you gotta have that story. You gotta be marketing. Hockey, football, baseball, then basketball. Oh, I love this fucking show so much. Are you mixing light and dark? At 11 a.m. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm elated that I can be able to coach, that I can be able to mentor these kids, uh, and give them everything that I've learned over the last 20 years. Get Smitty and Jason Brown killed the ass around. We want the games we missing. We switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we killed the ass around. We want the games we missing. We switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB. What up, what up, what up, man? The Real Coach JB here coming at you live, 6 a.m. Pacific, every single day. Tap that like button, subscribe, become a member. Make sure you understand this show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get you 50% off. Welcome bonus. This is Coach JB show, and it wouldn't be that without my main man. Big- Let's get it. I got my Jamaican shirt on, man. I'm feeling real just island vibe today man i got my i got my goggles as usual it's a vibe man jb how you doing right now you feeling you look nervous and scared <laughs> your meat tell you beating your meat with that goddamn clap what was Good that clap. that's a grown man hand you, you got them baby hands <laughs> you got them baby hands my hand can't feel the screen we already did this you know my hands are bigger than yours <laughs> i don't know i don't know jb we already did this we already played this game um you know who won so, I don't know if you noticed, the show's brought to you by Venom. We're on TikTok Live. We're on YouTube Live. We're on Twitter Live. Pound the like button. I got I to gotta break something down real quick. I saw something in the chat, and it's a pet peeve of mine. Leo Factor, he's been, a, he been a, uh, a, a member for a long time. Leo, good dude. Good he dude. said, Bears need to sign Bill Belichick from New England at the end of the season. He said, the Bears have draft capital and cap space for a new coach to come in and build this team. They just hired him last year, homie. Like, what? this is the problem, Big Smitty. Cats don't get it. These motherfuckers think that Chicago is supposed to be a powerhouse overnight. Stop. Stop it. It's not going to happen. And Belichick ain't going to rebuild no goddamn program at 70 years old. So you guys are wishing in one hand and shitting in the other one. See what fills up first. He's trying, he's trying to rebuild his team right now, and we see how, how it's going. So, I mean, we'll uh, dive into that here soon. The fan bases of certain places are so unrealistic. It blows my mind. Fans and journalists, by the way. And I don't, I don't even think we got this clip on here, but I saw your, your, your retweet actually this morning, and I respond to it as well. Uh, James Franklin, uh, head coach from Penn State, responded to a journalist's question about, about – um, 
Is there a balance, though, between, hey, we need you to throw the ball deep no matter. Just take a shot. Don't don't overthink it. Take a shot. We need to see it. We're going to call it. And and we need you to get some confidence in doing this as opposed to even giving a young quarterback the chance to say, hey, just check it down if if, if it's not there. I I don't really – understand what you're saying because we would never like I'm like my skin is curling when you say just drop back and chuck it deep no matter what like like that is like I, I don't even know what you're I don't know what you're saying it's like you're speaking like from just Mars. Send the guy in a post pattern take the shot throw it no matter a, what give the receiver a chance to make a play on a ball uh, even if he might be covered 30 yards down the field Maybe you think he'll be open 45 yards down the field and, and like Godwin did or with Jahan or KJ. We, you, we've you, we, like, like I still don't like you're speaking Japanese. Like, like we, we have never done that. Just throw the ball up and maybe he'll be open and maybe he'll catch. Like my skin is like, like, my, I'm, my, I'm, like you're making me uncomfortable. Like I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So okay. yeah, we 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 would not do that. We would never do that. We've never thought about doing that as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator, as a receivers coach. I coached the receivers. I didn't want them to do that. Um, so no, no, strong no. Like yeah, no. I'm hoping we can cut this out so this doesn't even, like, get out into the universe. It got out. Hey, Coach, it got out, James. Hey, that's – hey, he is my favorite coach in college football now today. And I've been had respect for him for a long time, of course. But that interview right there, JB, I was dying. He said, you're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, I, I wish I could share stories about me and him. Um, We've known each other 25 years. He, uh, We've been in many titty bars together. Let me just tell you that. This It's very interesting that Sam's. he would love to – he would have loved to just – like if I got on the phone with him right after that, he would have been like, who the fuck are these idiot motherfuckers? Like that's how James talks. But anyway, yeah. it would have been unbelievably fucking hilarious to talk to him. I'm trying to get James on the show uh, once the season ends and talk about especially when they beat Ohio State or something. I got to figure out, this is the people that are thinking they know football, bruh. This is who it is. This is mainstream media for the most part. It is the fan that wants to bet on fantasy who don't have a clue about real football, and people are giving them credentials to go in and ask these questions? I don't know how these cats have jobs. I don't know. To me, Smitty, I got to I gotta be honest. You know better than me. Like, social media cats are, like, getting into this space more than I've ever seen. Like, I saw Gordon Ramsay's show the other night. Fucking, he's got, like, four cats on there, and I, I, he's introducing them. And he's, oh, it's social media chef. I go, what the mm. fuck is that? She has 3 million followers on TikTok, and she, so basically she started doing cooking show on TikTok. Right. And blew up, right. and Gordon Ramsay brought her on his show. She got cut real early, by the way, from the show. She was horrible, but she got noticed. Are that is that what's happening here? Is it, are these cats getting credentials because of social media? 
Man, uh, so yes and no. So in, in some cases, like you just alluded to with the Gordon Ramsay example, yes, people are definitely getting, you know, a notice because of their social media following. There's a lot of brands who just want to attach themselves to this person because they have such a huge reach. In this situation with the reporter, I, I, I don't know who this cat is. We, we don't even know who the name is of the reporter. I think some local reporter for the team. I just think that now we're at a point now where it's lazy journalism, where you do have good, you have some good journalists still left, but it's, it's, it's few far in between where a lot of guys do the minimal research um, and, and they come into you and they ask questions with the mindset, either a to try to set you up to say something like that, that could go viral. That will blow, blow you up as a journalist or B like, I think this guy did. He tries to come in and, and sound smart and sound like he, he knows what he's talking about. And he kind of just shot himself in the foot. Like I, I was trying to understand where he was going. I think he, I think what he was trying to say in, in in summation is just like, are you teaching your are you are you asking your quarterback to to take shots or to take more shots? Like I I, I don't know the way he worded it was so weird. That's why James Franklin was like, I'm uncomfortable. I don't understand what you're saying. Like you're speaking from Mars. Like he he was. I just don't understand what you're saying. And it's almost like he was trying to outsmart the coach or or speak on the same level as a, a guy who's been doing it for a long time. I don't expect a journalist to know exactly what a coach knows. Um, so I'm never going to say that. A journalist is not going to know exactly. Like, you're not a coach. Your expertise is as a journalist. But with that being said, don't try to ask questions that, that you know are maybe out of your out of your league or don't try to bring up topics unless you've done enough research behind that thing to where you know what you're saying makes sense. I think I, I think the guy had good intentions, I think, but he just – failed epically because he just didn't really know what he was talking and about. And it was a Zoom call. Right, right. It was a Zoom call. So, so I, mean, I'm like, I wouldn't even fucking take a Zoom call. If I, if I was him, I'm like, I'm not taking Zoom calls, number one. I want to I want to see you in my face. Like, I want to see you in my face. There's too many irresponsible reporters. I'm going to just cut to the chase. It's irresponsible reporting. Uh, I know you said lazy. I know a couple cats in the chat are saying lazy and ignorant and all this. It is irresponsible reporting at an all-time high, and that's what we have. We live in that. We live in that. This cat's in jail right now because of an irresponsible investigation. Like, there's a lot of cats in jail, dog. I could have been one of them. Irresponsible investigation. Oh, we're just going to say he's guilty until he goes through the process. (laughs) That's not how it works. That's how the Constitution was written, but it sure is now that way. It's unbelievable. But we're seeing that in, in this thing, too, man. Unbelievable. This is the normal thing now, though. You, you see more dumb questions than you probably just don't see them. Um, but we hear about them all the time. So um, That's real, JB. And real quick before we even go to quote of, quote of the day, because we're kind of already on topic. I was on the phone early this morning uh, with the connection of mine to kind of get like a slight update. It's not a major update, but a slight update just kind of on what's going on in, in the Lansing area with the whole Mill Tucker situation and I was told that uh, one of the top reporters in the Lansing area actually just got fired um, because I guess she was, you know, she she had been reporting on the military situation, you know, the last few weeks and doing a, a hell of a job, uh, you know, overall. And, you know, she, she was trying to be fair. So she would call some stuff out from the Brenda Tracy side, but she would also call some stuff out from like the Mel Tucker side and, and share and share what his lawyers are saying and things like that. And um, her name, I think, is Audrey Dahlgren or Dahlgren. Um, again, a, a local reporter who's been reporting all the sports, doing a hell of a job in the community from what I've been told. And uh, basically, I think she put out a story or a tweet or something where she 
slightly misspoke and said that Brittany Tracy lied instead instead of saying it like you know uh, uh, uh supposedly Brenda Tracy lied or reportedly Brenda Tracy lied she kind of just said Brenda Tracy lied she went back and apologized and, and like tried to rephrase it but she was like I'm not gonna delete my my, my tweet and stuff like that like I, I said what I said I apologize for, for, for the way I worded it I corrected it I'm not gonna take it down you know about 24 hours later supposedly I, she got fired and I guess like the 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 general manager or whoever the head person is for the new station that she worked uh, works at, like called Brenda Tracy and apologized for the reporting. And there's a lot of people in the Lansing community right now who are like pissed off because this late this young lady Audrey or uh, yeah Audrey, excuse me, again uh, just great at what she does, nice young lady, a really good reporter, and now she's getting backlash because she's called Brenda Tracy a liar instead of saying, you know, reportedly she lied. As a journalist, I get it. You are supposed to, you know, toe the line and be careful. And maybe she had a slip up, but it's like, damn, I'm like, if she's as good as what I'm hearing she is in the area to fire somebody because of that, it goes to show you that there must be some somebody from the Brenda Tracy side who was complaining or some, uh, some higher up somewhere who didn't like what was said and kind of like, stepped on the the little fish in the community and got and got them fired. So I just wanted to bring that to you, shed light, because um I think I think I think it's messed up, but here's what it is, JB. Uh. Yeah, I I mean she did lie. <laughs> She's gonna come out. Call her up. Hit up Audrey, see if she wants to come on the show. I'm gonna see what uh, I can do. Yeah. I was thinking about that man. KCBD BC KCBD said there should be a come by as a button. Smitty hits every time coach tries to name drop. It's not name drop. I don't. I don't even. I say it as a friend. I don't even. It's not even name dropping to me. It's like, it's like regular to you. It's like it's like yeah, it's my home. It's a regular. A Motherfucker, act like I don't know him for thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is crazy. I, why would I just name drop? Do you see how? The, hey man, I got to meet fucking James Franklin. Fucking idiot. Oh shit, James Franklin. Oh man, <laughs> they're so thirsty for attention, dog. They just they don't. They don't know anyone in their life. They swing from Mahomes' dick so hard that they, if they ever saw Mahomes, they would, oh, my God. And I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. I grew up with Eric Bieniemy, so I, I, it wasn't no shocker when I took my whole team from Indy up there and to the Chiefs' right. fucking staff. The equipment guy's still there when I was on the practice squad. Same dude let us in. By the way, let us in. Oh, JB, you didn't have a shot. Really? Well, it's crazy. I'm on the docks. I'm on the books. Right. I mean, you and myself, you and Marcellus Wally are homies. Grew up together. Ten year NFL vet. You know, what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Like, uh, a name drop. <laughs> By the way, it was great. You and Matt talked about Larry Allen. You also know that's one of my best friends growing up, right? Mm. So, same street. By the way, same street. By the way, you know. He, he, <laughs> by the way, Larry Allen, <laughs> Red Rags. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, I've known Larry. But, Trust me, hide and go get it our whole life together. So, but what do I know? Um, stop name dropping, JV. Stop name dropping. Hey, if you go to Larry, if you found Larry Allen Street right now, he'd be in a white pro club. Right now, what's the polo right White pro club. Uh, prop, maybe some, maybe some Ben Davis or some Dickies. Mm. <laughs> Just telling Damn. you. Flagging, flagging the no, real. <laughs> hey, we ain't even. We ain't even gotten it. We ain't even got a quote of the day yet. I like shows like this though. We just got a phone. BetOnline.ag. We ain't even started the show yet. Aaron Dyson on TikTok said, "I know everybody." <laughs> it ain't bragging if it's true. <laughs> I mean, actually, there's. Let me break. Let me stop again, Big Smitty. I gotta. 
I gotta let all these truth gems out. Talk to me, talk to me. I don't know anyone. They know me. <laughs> <laughs> hey y'all, quote of the day brought to you by Bet Online. I don't know anyone. They hey. know me. <laughs> There's a big difference. There's a big fucking difference. I don't know anyone. They know my motherfucking ass. Let's just keep it 100. I used to tell staff members all the time, they're like, Coach, I know you know Saban. I go, no, I don't know Saban. Saban knows me. That is the difference. See, y'all know Saban. Saban don't know you. There's a difference. You want to get a job, dog. How you want to get a job, Vic Smitty, and the motherfucker don't know who you are? Come on now. Come I mean, on let's now. be real. All my young coaches, oh, I want to coach at Alabama. He don't know who you are. How are you going to ever get a job if the guy don't know who you are? What have you done for that guy to know who you are? Guess how JB was known? Because I graduated more players than anybody in the country. They didn't go to jail. They didn't get arrested. Guess what? I had class hookups, grade hookups. They needed me. I made it unique. And I just said it yesterday. It's easy to be average. It's hard to be different. You better be unique and stand out from the crowd. Somebody will know who you are. I started doing that at a very young age. That's why everyone in America knew who I was in the coaching profession. They came to me for a math class, an English class, da da da. And I'm the best recruiter in America. So guess what? Not only did you come get a class for one of your guys to be eligible, you also came and got a Jermaine Johnson from me. So now everybody shut the fuck up. All right. You ready for this quarter today? I've been ready. It's real simple. Every day is an interview. God damn. It's a segue to what I just said. Every day is an interview, Big Smitty. You better believe somebody's watching your ass. And that is how I was known. Mm. That's how somebody mm. knew who I was. Every day is an interview. Somebody's watching you every single day. I don't care where you're at. Walmart line, parking lot, liquor store, bar, restaurant, mall, social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. What is it? Damn. What's the one you swipe? <laughs> Tinder. Tinder. Yeah, Tinder. Somebody's always watching you, Big Smitty. Shit. They always watch. Hey, JB, they probably watching us right now. They are watching us right now. And every day's interview, look. Contrary oh. to belief, brought to you by <laughs> Prize Picks. Head on over there. Um, contrary to belief, I think the same. Just, just hear me out on this one, Smitty. Think the same, get the same. <laughs> contrary Ooh. to belief. Think Damn. the same, get the same. If you don't, so if you said you don't think differently, if you don't think higher, if you don't think think more, you're going to stay in the same position, same spot you're in right now. Think the same, get the same. <laughs> hey, this is a colder one, though. It's all my own, by the way. Contrary to belief. Belief dictates our efforts and actions. <laughs> Contrary to your belief. That's belief, belief, belief dictates our efforts and actions. Big Smitty, I know goddamn well if you down the dumps and be like, damn, man, I got no shot at getting this job. But if you're like, fuck it, I think I got the shot at this gig. You're, you're so much more hyped and excited. You're about to go get the gig. You're fucking, I'm about to go get it. I'm about to go do, work harder at doing some shit. You, your actions are better. Castle, everyone walks around now, they're like, oh, I'm not going to get the job. Like, 
shut the fuck up. And if you don't get it, guess what? Go make it the next one. Because God, it only takes one big city to say yes. One. Yep. Hey, my whole life has been just about mindset, approach. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's been so many situations, scenarios where I didn't have the experience, but I said, fuck it. I can figure it out. I can do it. My my personality, the way I, I connect with people, that's going to get my foot in the door. When I came out to Fox, I had zero experience as a social media producer. I had no idea how to use Photoshop, Premiere, edit videos, none of that. But I said, you know what? I will figure it out. And I did. And I got really good at it. That's just one example. Football. I was a late bloomer when it came to playing actual football for a team with pads on. I didn't play till eighth grade. I was horrible. Scared of contact. Didn't know. Didn't have any technique. But I said, you know what? I'm going to keep doing it because I believe in myself. Became a Division One player, a captain, an all-conference player, all-academic player, a guy who, 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 who I can go back to the school and I got respect at each school that I went to where I played ball at because of the belief system that I had into myself, my, my faith in, 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 in the higher power. Everybody different, but that's what that's what I do. And it just helped, you know, help me grow, help me continue, even with, with our show now. You know what I'm saying? It's like, listen, we got we to gotta build. We got to grow. We got to get these numbers up. But I believe in JB. I believe in myself. I believe in this show. I was talking to my little sister yesterday real quick, JB, and she was calling me about she needed help on, like, a, a, certain, a certain homework assignment. And it was, like, tough because she's taking, like, AP classes and stuff like that in high school. And, you know, was, she has one of those tough assignments where you got to, like, you damn near the teacher doesn't give you a lot of information up front because he wants, he wants you to be creative and wants you to kind of create a scenario. It's like a science class where you got to come up with, like, a, a sports question and then you got to find a hypothesis and do all this. Like, it's kind of complicated, right? And the first few, I guess, questions that she brought to her teacher, he he came to her and said, nope, this ain't good enough. Try again. This ain't good enough. Try again. And she was starting to get discouraged. Like, damn, like, I don't even want to give him another question because I, I, I don't want him to de deny me. I told myself, I said, listen, sis, if you go to him a hundred times, he might say, nope, all those questions are wrong. But that 101st time, that 101, that might be the perfect question that you're supposed to bring. And that's all that matters. The first 100 don't even matter. All you need is that one that one correct situation, that one right step in the right direction, and you're good to go. The worst thing they can tell you, JB, is no, uh, you're wrong, or try again. So fuck it. I'm going to keep on going until I get it right. So I ain't trying to preach, JB. I just kind of have to use that testimony right there to throw it out there. You feel me? Uh, it's all good. Preach. Preach on. Uh, I'm just telling you. I got a poll question for you real quick, Big Smitty. Talk to if me. you were starting a franchise, everybody out there, poll question, drop it in the chat. If you started a franchise, expansion franchise today, of the current QBs in the NFL, who are you starting the franchise with? What current quarterback do you start an expansion franchise with today? Man, y'all ain't going to like this, but I got to go with my main man, Jay Herbo. I'm going with Justin Herbert. That's what it is. I'm a big believer. I know he hasn't won any games yet, but I believe that will change. Um, I just believe in his skill set. You know, love some Herbo. Man, I, I don't know what it is, Jay. And, I, and I'm admitting it. I know that he he's, he's falling short. Ain't won the playoff game yet. But he's still so young. I'm like, man, this guy right here, he has everything you need. Arm strength, size. He doesn't run a lot, but when he does run, he's effective. He, he's fast. Like, we saw him in Oregon running the ball um, very well. I mean, he has literally everything you need to be the best quarterback in the NFL. So, and he's just, he's just so young. He wasn't, he wasn't supposed to start his, his rookie year. Tyrod Taylor got stabbed in the side. They said, all right, go out there. 
first game against the Kansas City Chiefs, he went he went toe, toe for toe with Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in, in the NFL. Once I saw that, I said, man, this guy is serious. I just think the guy's going to be the real deal, so I got to go with him. Ethan, <laughs> you, you, uh, you talk about me wearing the goggles. Ethan got the Bears goggles on. Hey, I'm just happy you didn't say AR5. Speaking nah. of AR5, Dr. Jesse Morris just posted out for at least eight weeks. They put him on IR just a minute ago. <laughs> Big Smitty, <laughs> I apologize to Big Smitty for breaking the news to him. Uh, we're going to let him grieve for just a hot minute. Um, we're going to let him grieve alone backstage. So everybody out there understands, we're going to let him grieve for a hot minute backstage. Uh, eight weeks minimum. Dr. Jesse Morris uh, put him on IR just a few minutes ago. He is done. Stick a fork in him. I told y'all, but what do I know? What do I know? What do I know? Big Smitty, what's going on? Great to see you back. Um uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I just, um, you know, prayer. Oh, the greatest show on planet Earth. We don't even know what happened. I didn't say nothing. Shit, Gene. Tease and peace peace for AR5, man. Um, Gene, did I call it? I don't remember calling it. I hate to see it, man. I hate to see it. Everybody in the chat, shut the fuck up. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna support an injury. We're not we're not gonna be happy about that. You know what I'm saying? Get healthy, AR5. When you're on the field, you're balling. You know, we, we believe in you in the community, but Gardner miss you. Hey, show time now. Hold us down. We three and two. We got a chance to win the AFC South. Get to a playoff game. Big game against against uh, uh, the Jags. D. Jones, the Jags. Let's go out here and get a win, man. That's all, that's all I can say. T AR5, you need anything? Let me know, man. That's my city. You need a plug on the Cigar Lounge? Let me know. You need a plug on, on some of the best chicken wings in the city? Let me know. You need you need to go to the to the... <laughs> PT or sunset to get your mind free. Let me know. Whatever you need, that five, I got you. Hit me up. So that's what hey, Smitty, he'll be back. You got a lot of optimism, man. He'll be back. He's young. He only has 17 prior injuries. Um, he'll be back. Um, uh, and then he'll get hurt again. <laughs> you a cold blooded killer right here. You a cold blooded killer, JB. Smitty, this is who he is. Hold on, real quick. Why don't you, why don't you get the same energy to Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow get hurt all the time. We don't say shit. Missed the whole fucking season. Came back, fucked his calf up. Came. How many times does, Joe, does fucking bro got to get hurt before we start putting that same energy towards him? Big Smitty, hot y'all. Hey, speaking of uh, my poll question, if I had to give, I give you a million dollars right now, Big Smitty, who would you say JB would say he would start his franchise with? Go ahead. Joe Burrow. Nope. I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. The reason why, because I could still dabble a little double option, a little triple in there. Trevor is more athletic. I, I think they're almost the same damn age, though. Um yeah, damn near. Well, close. And the fact that Burrow has a few injuries. That's the only reason I'm taking Trevor Lawrence to start a franchise with right now. Do you think Trevor Lawrence will live up to the hype? 
What I mean by I that, well, I think he will. I, I remember like- Trevor Lawrence come out of Clemson, bro. We put him in the same cat. Like he was like the top highest level, you know, recruit we we ever thought of, like behind like an Andrew Luck at the time. You know what I'm saying? He started off shaky. He's on a, on the right track now, but he's still a little inconsistent, in my opinion. He started he started off shaky because they had Urban Meyer, who's never coached in the NFL, and that was a shit show. And everyone was like, "Uh oh." Because we, like we say all the time, see, he's one of the few that's been saved by by grace, I guess you could say. A lot of guys don't get saved. A lot of guys are stuck with that coach in that shitty franchise, and you never see if they really could be good or not. Trevor got saved. Peterson got in there at the right time. He changed some things. They, they, they structured it from a college to an NFL organization overnight. Urban left. And then last year, Trevor... You got to see, look like Trevor, the number one pick. And I think he's only going to get better. And I think the team will get better. And I think you'll get to see uh, the greatness that the number one pick showed. A lot of number one picks usually are, are I'm, I hate to say it, but a lot of them are either bust or y'all call mid uh, in today's society. This is what they are. A lot of number one picks are bust. Look at all the guys that have came th- through the shit. I mean, we could go through a laundry list of cats. There's been a horrible list of number one pick busts. So, but a lot of those, I bet you if you broke it down, are bad organizations. So, I mean, I mean, Elway got kind of lucky, struggled early. Uh, You know, Eli Manning demanded uh, that he don't get drafted by the Chargers. Think about it. Eli Manning goes to the Chargers. Is Phillip Rivers two-time Super Bowl champ? Right. Is Eli zero Super Bowl champ? I mean, think about it. So, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know because in those specific Super Bowls, Eli Manning made some crazy ass historical magical plays and passes that had to happen. So you know, it was a little less about organization and a little bit more about what happened on that field. But you never know. Organization plays a huge role, and I mean, yeah, I I, I do think. I mean, look at Baker. Even I mean, I, we we already talked, and we'll talk about the bus a little bit later today. But Baker, man, to this point has been. Playing very, very well, man. A lot better than I thought. I know a lot better than you thought because I think you had him getting benched at this point. And uh, he's been showing us, so maybe, you know, it, it is organization and, and system and coaching and things like that. And that plays a huge role in, in who you are. Because I, I, for me, it's hard for me to believe that a guy at quarterback could be so great in college, like just amazing. And then you go to the NFL and you're just, you're horrible. I get it's way different. It's better. It's, 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 you know, in college, you, you might be playing against, like, three All-Americans on one team. NFL, it's 11 All-Americans on the field. I get that. But it's like, damn, bro. you like, How are you a Heisman winner, a Heisman candidate from actually throwing the ball, not running, throwing the ball, and then you go to the NFL and you're just, like, bad. And I'm not talking about Baker. I'm talking in, in, in more of a general uh, discussion right now. You know, you, you think about a, a guy like Justin Fields where it's like, man, I watched you in college, bro. You were really good in college, like, really good. So I, I that's why these last few games of Justin Fields playing better and playing well and throwing four touchdowns. I'm like, all right, there has to be something more than us just saying Justin Fields sucks. Like, nah, hell no, nah. he can't just suck. Like, I've watched him play for too long. It has to be system, has to be coaching, has to be organization, it has to be other factors as well. Because these guys don't go from just hero to zero like that. Hey, I don't know if you know, but I've told you yesterday on the show. I've been turning people's heads. I've been getting people to buy in and change some of their ideologies. I don't know if you saw this, Big Smitty. <laughs> Shout out to our main man, Steve Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for dropping this on your boy. Take a listen. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. That's my home. Not for 30 years. Um, Okay. Obviously, boy, you've gone JB on me. Boy, have you gone JB. So you're almost saying that Mahomes is um, overrated? No, no, am I, am no. I have to I'm not saying that. Am I think I Patrick have... Mahomes is great. I think, <laughs> I just think Steve, you have to accept, and this is where Coach JB is right, the guys putting the systems in are, are probably the people that should be making $40 million a year. And the great ones at doing that. Maybe, so all this protest, Every time Coach JV says, Mahomes is overrated, you hang up on the guy. And now I got to listen to this. The irony. Q Alanis Morissette. A thousand spoons when all you need is a knife. Wow. I don't even know who you are anymore. Damn. You finally starting to win people over, man. You, you winning Whitlock over. I see people on social media, people in the chat. People starting to quote JB. Like, before you know it, it's going to be a ESPN or Fox Sports. We're going to, they're going to lead a topic and say, from Coach JB, and it's going to be a quote from you, and it's going to set hey, a whole discussion. This motherfucker hung up on me before over to Patrick Mahomes, my takes on quarterback play. That's wild. Think That's about wild. it. Think about that. He went from hanging up on you to agreeing with you. Come on now. Hey, the whole conversation, I watched that portion of the show with Steve yesterday, and I'm sitting there like, he went full rogue. He's talking about everything I'm talking about. He went in with Lamar to Lamar. He was a big Lamar fan last year. And I'm like, on his show every day, breaking it down. Now he's like, I agree with JB on Lamar Jackson. I was going to, I'm going to cut that one up next. <laughs> like, now he agrees with Lamar Jackson take. Now he agrees with my Deshaun Watson take. Now he agrees with my Kyler Murray take. Kyler still ain't played. So the basic gist of that whole conversation, Smitty, was he agrees with my overpaying of the quarterback when you can find a Brock Purdy out there. Now, is it easy to find a Brock Purdy? No, not what we're saying. He's saying basically uh, he agrees with me now that I said a year and a half ago, stop paying all these dudes all this money. Make them earn their money first by showing you that they can win a playoff game, that they can win several that they can be an MVP caliber guy, that they have the it factor in a playoff run. Josh Allen is an anomaly, dog. He's very, very kind of like in this middle gray area I can't dissect. I'm being honest with you. He's one of the harder guys to dissect for this reason. He's had phenomenal playoff games where he's like a fucking unbelievable. He's come back. He brought him back versus Mahomes several times. Without their coaching blunder on the kick, they beat the Chiefs that year. So, it was he showed he had it factor. So I'm like, damn, he, he has it factor, but like for some reason he can't get over the hump. Then he has these spectacular playoff games. Then they go to to looking horrible in a first round playoff game. Then he'll go to throwing crazy picks in the red zone. Then right. I'm like, damn, does he have the it factor? Or like when the pressure gets too high, but then he showed it in Kansas City, pressure high, and he balled out. So he's a hard guy to judge. I don't know where I sit with Josh Allen. I know he's a freak. I know he's a he's a spectacular athlete, all that shit. I just like, damn, Herbo, same way. Herbert Herbert's the same exact way. Another freak. Make all the throws. I mean, if you, if you had to ask me who the best ball spinners in the NFL are, 
it's it's still Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, uh, Josh Allen, Herbo, and Mahomes, and then Burrow probably on the outlying uh, on the sixth spot. Um, Burrow does not have the arm as those other guys, but he right. still has an arm and he still is accurate. But he doesn't have those arms. Um, like, dog, I, I he's a hard one to figure out. I can't put put my finger on 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 Josh Allen, but these other guys. Dog, how long have I, have you been hearing me, Smitty? Cooper Rush, been for a long time. Cooper Rush, Taylor Heineke. Uh, you can win with these mid-major cats if you build a roster around them. Stop paying all these dudes. Look at what Dobbs is doing. He's he's doing the same, or it's not better. He's actually more efficient numbers-wise than Kyler Murray. And I can argue he's got the least talent around him, other than Daniel Jones. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, I just think look at what Minshew's doing, your boy. I mean, he I'm, I mean, what is he doing? I mean, we'll, we'll see now what he's doing now that he's the full starter. Man, I mean, man. The <laughs> two of the three games that he got he jumped in, he, uh AR5 already gave him a lead. So he just before you before you go off on that tangent, I know where you're going. Let me ask you this question. Would you rather have the guy? This goes back to White Man Can't Jump movie, the real movie, not the one with yeah. fucking whatever that guy's name is. So, what's his name, the singer, the rapper? Harlow. Uh, Jack Harlow. Jack Harlow. Never even watched the show, by the way. He should be slapped in the fucking face. It was solid. Never. It was way different, though. It was way different. Exactly. I would never watch it. But here, here's the thing. Woody Harrelson said, white boys rather look bad and win. Brothers rather look good and lose. Remember that movie? I remember that movie. I remember that quote. All right. In the hood, we're all laughing. I'm watching the movie with all brothers. We all grew up. We're watching. We're laughing. Motherfucker, they agreeing. I'm agreeing. I like shit. Look what I'm wearing right now. Look what y'all wear. So like, it was funny, right? So yeah, stereotypical, whatever you want to call it. We, which is not true, 99% of the time. I know brothers that are grinders that won't wear anything, but that's just a. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go. You fast forward it to the question I'm about to ask you. Sounds like you rather have a dude who puts up unbelievable numbers, looks like a freak of nature, does the ooh and the ah, and 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 gets the crowd to do ooh and ah, but can't win when it matters. Where I rather have a dude that says, you know what, he don't have to be the prettiest guy. He could be a burrow. He could be a a, a guy that we don't really look at as a freak, but he'll win games. He'll be accurate. He'll sustain. Now, Burrow's an outlier, too, because he's been hurt three times. But you know what I'm saying with certain guys. Yeah, I get you saying. AR5 fits that bold. He's a freak. Like, you want to see him do freakish things, but he hasn't won a football game in the NFL yet. Minshew has. <laughs> he so hasn't like, fit. The, he has, the games that we won, he hasn't finished. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, again, Garner Minshew isn't 3-0. and Like, that's a false, that's a false stat. He didn't start three games and just play the whole game and just go. No, he jumped into two or three uh, out, of, out of those three games halfway in or whatever, when we already were up two touchdowns or 10 points or whatever. And he finished great job. He didn't go in and just three and oh, I, I, I want to make that clear. AR five threw him the alley-oop and he dunked it. And that's great. But it was, a, it was both quarterbacks that did, did their job. But I don't want to talk about AR five the, the whole time. My point me, I want to go back to your original point of quarterbacks should prove themselves before they get they get paid. The problem is with that, and I've said it before, 
unless all the owners are going to come together and just talk together and, and make a decision that, hey, we're, we're going to stop paying these guys, it will never happen because what one team won't do, another team will. So, for example, if the Chargers was like, you know what, Herbert, you ain't won no playoff game yet. You ain't t- you ain't really showed us that you could actually win. Your numbers look good, but numbers ain't nothing. Are you winning games? We're not paying you until you do that. Okay. My four years go up. My rookie contract deal goes up. And now the Chargers don't want to pay me. I bet you the Chicago Bears will pay me. Or I bet you the Washington Commanders will pay me. So the problem is all the owners and GMs, whatever, got to be on the same page. Otherwise, players, these quarterbacks will continue to get paid. And, and, and to go off your last comment about, you know, the, the the white man can't jump, you know, you know, brothers rather look it than, than you know, look good and lose than, the, than to win and not look good, whatever. Um, I rather look, I want to look good and I want to win. I want to do both. And my thing is, I think we're kind of diminishing the, the, the intangible side of a guy like a Brock Purdy. Because we're looking so much at his talent, and we're like, oh, my God, he's not that talented. He doesn't have the biggest arm. He, he, he's short. He's small. We can find a 1,000 of him. No, you can't. You can't. Because this guy is something, as a, as a football player specifically, that intangibles matter. Your knowledge of the game matters. Your, 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 your focus, your tenacity. Your, like when, you, when I watch Brock Purdy play, we got to start giving him more credit. And, I, and I'm going to speak it myself. I was a late bloomer to believing in him. This guy right here is a hell of a quarterback. It's not about big arm. It's the timing. It, it, it's, it's throwing the ball on time. It, it's knowing It's knowing where to go. It's reading the defense. It's all the intent, all the work that really goes into being a great football player and a great quarterback. He does all those things. It's not about a skill set thing. So much of football is about wheel. It's not always about skill, as we as we know that. So when we say, oh, we can find a thousand just Brock, uh, Brock Purdy's out there, I don't believe that. I don't. We've seen Heineke starting. Heineke's solid, but I don't think he's a Brock Purdy. I mean, he's a starter before he's he a got solid out. player. He's not a Brock Purdy, in my opinion. I like what we Dobbs is doing. You're Dobbs like, ain't a Brock Purdy, in my opinion. Like we're talking like, like okay, take Purdy out, put in Dobbs, same results. Take Purdy out, put in Heineke, same results. Say, and then this guy Purdy, every game that he has started and finished, he's he, he's won. He's he's literally undefeated. He's never lost. You do he's know never you're, lost. Comparing, you're comparing like. <laughs> the Redskins with the Niners roster, right? I understand that, but it's easy, it's easy to just say he's got. I mean, you can say anything. Okay, take Mahomes out, put Herbert on the Chiefs. Herbert will have two Super Bowls. Take Mahomes out, put Josh Allen there. Josh Allen, like, I, I, it just—it's not the case. It's not—it's not. We're looking at just the skill, the tangible skills on the field, and you know, you know more than me, JB. You've coached for so damn long. You've coached up guys who were uber talented, had all the talent in the world. They looked like Tarzan. They played like Jane. And you had guys who looked like Jane but played like Tarzan. It happens all the time, all the time. So football is not all about skill sets. So I can't look at a guy and be like, oh, yeah, like a thousand people could do what he's doing because he's not that good. No, nah, he is fucking good. And my, my overall point is, man, I want the best option for us to win on the field. That's what I want, and in my opinion, the 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 guy with the with the best tangible, the best intangibles, and the best tangibles, a combination of both, gives our team the best combination, the best opportunity to win. So that's in any team, any scenario, any situation. If you're telling me if Garner Mitchell goes out here 
and and, and we and we are like what 13 and four or some shit or you know, 11 and six and Mitchell just lights it up. I will come on the show end of the season by hey y'all, I was wrong. Gardner Mitchell got better than what I saw him in the previous season. Gardner Mitchell is that guy. He should start. That's that's the guy. But I can't tell you that right now based upon the history of what I know from my Gardner Mitchell. I can't tell you that uh, 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 Josh Dobbs is better than Kyler Murray when Kyler Murray was in the MVP conversation. And Kyler Murray, when he actually played and, and was healthy, they won eight, nine, ten games. Dobbs, as good as he looks, the Crawls are not winning games. And you can blame everybody else around him and say, well, he ain't got this, he ain't got that. Winning is a quarterback stat, point blank, period. We call Tom Brady the GOAT because he won. That's what we that's why we call him the GOAT. So Josh Dobbs, we can say all this and that. Heineke say all this and that. If these guys ain't winning, then that's on them. That's that's the that's what you have to take as a quarterback. So I'm done, Randy. No, I you know, we can go on, on that all, all damn day, JB. Can we move on to our, our thumbnail? Can we talk about what we have on the thumbnail for that? We ain't even got to that yet. Hold on. Hold on. Can I talk to you about black people shit? Mm-hmm. Is that a sister or is that a... Yeah, it's a sister. Let me you see her feature. Sister. Let me see her nose. Yeah, it's a sister, I think. What's she doing? All right, she getting to it. She getting busy. Why are you playing? Hey, but hold, gotta, hold up, though. This I is know. the definition. This is the definition of ass backwards. What the fuck are we doing? What are your folks doing? Maybe Why she has like a deformity or something, and she want to be happy and dance, JB. She can't dance and be happy. And she bite. And I know she can throw down in the kitchen. You want to know why? Because she got this right here. Anytime you got this right here, you throwing down in the kitchen. All the hood was no. that. It's a, it's a, it's an ashy elbow. Mm, yeah. Ashy elbow. Ashy elbow. Yep. She put hey, her uh, hands in a, in a potato salad. She don't use no spoon. Her hands in a potato. She throws down. Uh, hey, we talk about, you know, we talk funny shit, negative shit. We get crazy on the show. We talk about. I got to show you this because this guy has beat all odds, and I had to show this. I wanted to bring this on because I thought. Uh, it's one of my favorite guys ever. How about That's this Jim one, Kelly. Huh? He's getting baptized. And a privilege to see you do exactly he did cancer like do fucking right nine times. Talked like the guy's unbelievable. Years of Bible study and prayer and growth in the seed. Today happen is such a sweet, sweet day, brother. I love you. I think we can all say we're proud of you. How far you've come and where you're going is even better. Amen. You love Jesus? Yes, I do. Come on. Come on. It's a privilege to baptize you, my brother in Jesus, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jim Kelly, man, getting it done. Um, Got the Jim Kelly, my love to see that man. I got baptized. I was fifteen. I need to get rebaptized just to kind of reset the mind. But shout out to Jim Kelly. I didn't know he fought. I didn't know he beat cancer that many times, man. That's a nice story to hear. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, results oriented, man. He never got it done. Unfortunately, couldn't get the Super Bowl. Um, was it, was it four in a row? Yeah, four in a row to be. That's crazy, man. 
That's four in a row. Couldn't get it done, unfortunately. Um, it's crazy, but it is that's what still, it is. Hey, that's still great, though, right? Or in your eyes, would you look at that as like, nah, he, he's like, because to even go to Super Bowl four times in a row, like that's fucking hard to do, JB. I know in your eyes, oh, that's shit. He suck. He's mid. He's fucking. But you went to four <laughs> Super Bowls in a row. Yeah, Jake, that way from. Motherfucker talked about baptizing him straight to that motherfucker couldn't get it done. He's not that good. <laughs> you did do that. Hey, he said this guy be casting nine times, man. So hey. incredible. I know we talk shit, but this guy's amazing. Oh my God. He's just a good man. I love this guy. We didn't get it done. I mean, motherfuckers lost four Super Bowls. He sucks. He's, he's, he's ass. He's mid. <laughs> Let, let's show. Let's show the baptized. We got baptized. Couldn't get it done though, homie. Yeah, I, you did do that. I love it, but <laughs> you couldn't get it though. He said the baptized. That, hey, that's good. Hey, get saved. Connect homie. with Jesus. But you didn't get on the football field. Hey, I mean, motherfucker's still a bus. <laughs> uh, he said, "Hey, he said you might be going to heaven. That's all fine and dandy, but your ass is still a bus on this football field. You couldn't get it all. You couldn't get it done, homie. Congratulations, though. But hey, in the in the afterlife, whatever y'all believe in, whatever. But in the afterlife, JB gonna be in heaven. He gonna he gonna he gonna see everybody. Hey, Kelly, man, huge fan of what you did. You know, personal life, you beat cancer." But man, you didn't get the shit done on the football field, man. You were ass. <laughs> Thanks for beating cancer nine times, man. You're you're setting the trend, setting the tone for everybody. But you couldn't get that goddamn one Super Bowl ring. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? It'd be a lot better story, homie. It'd you could get one, brother. <laughs> Just one. You could have got one. One. Ah, uh, love Jim Kelly. Love Jim Kelly. Uh, yeah, got the gym. Crazy. See, we're the realest show on planet Earth. Before we get into some shit, I got some new shit for you too. I got some fuck. I got some film. Let's go, let's today. go. Bring the new shit on. Don't be scared. I got some film. I got some film for you today. Ooh. But uh, we'll wait for Matt, and then we'll do some on our own too. But have you seen oh, this? We in Miss Lisa said we in trouble. <laughs> oh shoot! What the hell? Have you seen this white people shit right here? <gasps> oh. Got up holding his neck like you ran me over. <laughs> I mean, hold on, I got so many questions. First of all, why are they laying down in the garage? Are they doing yoga? Are they meditating? Number one, why are you laying in the garage? <laughs> Number two, the driver, how do you not see two people laying down in the garage? Are you testing and driving? Are you on the flight? What are you doing? That's Number three, how is that human still alive? That car went full over the neck, over the chest. And hey, the he lived jumped too. up. He lived too. So hold on. Time out. Is that white people shit? Hell, come on. Hell yeah. Hell All yeah. Right. All right. So y'all do I wild I, shit. Damn, I should have I should have sent this video I saw. Damn, I think I sent it to you on Instagram. It's a video of some white folks went deep into the earth. It was a big ass fucking hole. Y'all went all the way down. I think I, I'm gonna try to get on the show before the show is over. I think I sent you on IG. This was the most oh, white people shit I've ever in my life. Whose fault was it? Whose fault was what? Whose fault was that that just happened? I'm gonna actually blame the people laying down because why are you laying in the garage? Actually, actually, yeah, I'm gonna actually do it. Who else's fault would it be? Who the fuck lays down in an auto body shop? 
But the people driving now, you you don't see them over the land in front of you though. No, nah, they had blankets around them and shit. Like, why? Why? Nah, are you... nah, let me see. Say it again. <laughs> they ain't no blankets. Like, they head was out. Oh shit, bro. <laughs> That's fucked up. Why am I laughing? <laughs> That's cold blooded. By the way, those are Mexicans. All right, shit. Those ain't white. It ain't white people. That's Mexicans. We call them Mexicans still, in LA. It's still white that's people Mexicans. shit though. Those are Mexicans. All of my Hispanic homies in here, let them know. That's Mexican shit. And so you know, Mexican, that, we gotta add a third tier. So we gotta add Mexican shit to the show now, huh? Yes, we do. Oh, I found the video. I'm gonna send it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop. Hey, uh, Bailey, y'all. I'm gonna drop this in the chat. If y'all can get this in the show at some point, that would be beautiful. Let me find a little chat real quick, y'all. Might be really some- on planet Earth, y'all. Like we like this is happening live right now. Y'all got to hear why people shit. I seen MP- the JP a couple days ago. You probably didn't. You probably didn't see it, or you might have laughed. Lucy said MPS. Lucy said MPS. Mexican people shit. <laughs> we got we got to get a Mexican on the show. We we've had Asians, brothers, uh, Polynesians. We had white. We had we had no Mexican on the show. You racist for that, JB. Nah, I've had my homeboys on a couple of cats, I think. We had, you, I had, a lot, I, you know a lot of Mexicans too. Like you got a lot of Mexican homies. Before too. you, I had uh what's his name? MMA fighter. I had him on. Uh I'm gonna bring him back on. He was good. I'm gonna get him back on. I'm, I'm about, listen, I, I can't talk about what you did before I joined the show. That's old news. I'm talking about the new rendition of the JB show with Big Smitty. I don't know what the old show used to be like. This is the new show. Hey, by the way, those Mexicans. They didn't call no cops, no doctors, nothing, because they don't want to get deported. So they, they just deal with the pain. They deal with the pain. They're not calling nobody. They're not calling nobody. They just, motherfucker will duct tape that motherfucker neck. The old boy, the other one will duct tape that motherfucker to keep that shit in, intact until he heal regular, and then the motherfucker will heal like this. But listen, that's why black folks and Mexicans, at least in my experience, I always hear mixed mixed feelings, especially out here in L.A., but in my experience, I have great relationships with Mexicans because I feel like we kind of similar in a lot of ways. Like, we going to figure some shit out. Like, we at home, motherfucking sick. My mom going to go get me, a, she going to get a fucking Sprite or 7-Up and a, a hot rag over my head. Or she going to, like, we we will make an at-home remedy before we go to the hospital. Like, going to the doctor is the last option. We going to figure some shit out. We going to tape. We going to get a, a, a bag of frozen fruit as the ice pack and Use a t-shirt to wrap it around your knee. Like, we're not... Hospital is the last option. You got to get shot three, four times for us to go to the hospital. If you get shot once, we're going to just fucking put some Vaseline over there, pour some uh, a peroxide, make sure it don't get affected. Vaseline and wrap it up and hold it, and you're going to be good to go. So, like, that's why I can respect the Mexicans, because they hustle, they figure this shit out. And, you know, hey, I love Mexican. I think I'm part Mexican. I love Mexican food. I love it. Ask anybody who know me. Tacos, quesadillas. I'm talking about. I said, do you want to fight? Do you want to catch these hands? Bitch, I'll catch you in the street. Some with that beef. Bitch, I'll beat your ass. Do you see what's going on here? He fighting himself. He hate himself. White people shit right here. They're, but the Mexicans is filming. Yeah. He's really fighting himself in the mirror, homie. And he's losing. That's the thing about it. The mirror is winning. Yeah, he's hitting him and he not nothing happening to the other one. 
Look, he's talking to himself like, why are you not going down? He said, get off me, homie. Bag back, homie. Get off. Back. What's up, man? That's he the warning shot. That motherfucker hit him in the stomach, homie. Did you see the, uh, the uppercut? It was good form. Hey, Steve Kim would love this. Low uppercut right here. <laughs> hey, Steve Kim would love that. It was good oh, form. Like, it was oh. good form. That is the whitest shit I've seen in a long I've time. Never I've never been that lit. If somebody's that lit, you need to go somewhere. Like, you but need to go it? somewhere. He literally lost to his reflection. <laughs> that's that's cold-blooded, man. They say the only person who could beat you was you. They always say that, though. only person who could beat you is you. He probably hates himself, JB. He probably did some bad shit, and he's feeling bad, and he wants to beat up himself. You ever been that lit? Um, not to, That's the point where I'm fighting myself. I've been lit, JB. I've definitely been lit. I got some stories. But I've never been so lit to where I was fighting myself in the mirror. I don't think I've ever been to that point. You know what I mean? I I, I might have stand on top of a table in a bar, and then and, and I've done some stuff, but I ain't never fought myself. I love myself, JB. Look at his face. You know what I mean? It's hard to just like look at his skin. Like I, I ain't gonna fight myself, JB. You know what I'm saying? But we do got some other white people shit that I that I got to the to the chat. Uh, shout out to the homies. Please pull that up. Um, one of y'all, Bailey. Or the JB. white people who go outside and risk their whole entire life for everybody else's enjoyment on this internet. Let me start off today letting y'all know that it's a big ass hole in the ground somewhere they've been looking for it for a motherfucking year and a half. Unk threw the stick down there. It took a minute. He ain't hear shit. So they fuck, They said fuck it, threw the rope down. Okay, the rope obviously didn't finish, but fuck it. Let's go on here and repel down this motherfucker. A white person ain't scared of shit. Let me let y'all niggas know that right now. So y'all get to beefing with them. Just know it ain't no fear in on ear. This nigga done went down into the devil's bedroom. Nah. Nah, uh-uh. It's something down there. One fish. Two fish. Red fish, blue fish. Cocaine. Hella cocaine. Oh no, I would have had to get. I, 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 I know ain't no service in that bitch. All you got is a flashlight in your home, boy. If y'all don't trust each other, to. Oh hell no, nah, this the Goonies hole. Hey, you got. I'd have been down there yelling that shit for a hour. Nigga would have got on the nigga nerves. They would have left me. Oh my God, man. What are those spikes? Man, I don't know, man. That's the ultimate white people shit. Like, that's the highest level of white people shit ever. We should do a, like, me doing white people shit and then have a brother commentate. That would be the viral shit. That would go blow up. Yeah, I would love that, man. We, you just, do this question? we just do a show, like, me diving in the water with great white. Yeah. And then you filming it and talk, you know, you do the, you kinda, do the yeah. Let's do yeah. it. That would be funny as hell. Hell yeah, me going in the, in the zoo with the lion and doing this crazy shit. 
Why, why are white people? Why are you not scared of shit? Like for real, I've always wanted to ask. Up. You got me fucked up. You think I'm diving in with a fucking? Tank nah, you probably car. would. Jay. Like, why are y'all I'm not? not scared, y'all not scared of anything? I'm flying. I'm not. I'm not scuba diving. I'm not high diving. I'm not jumping out of a plane. I don't get it. I'm not bungee cord jumping. What? Let me let me name some things you would not do. What would you not? do? Here's what I would not do: jump oh, in yeah. the ocean with sharks. Nope. Jump in a cage with a lion. Nope. Scuba dive. Nope. I'm not diving out of a plane. Skydive. Nope. nope. Um, I'm not. What's that shit called when like you went you're over the ocean, the boat's going fast, but you uh parasail. I'm not parasailing. parasailing. Nope. I'm not I'm not bungee cord jumping. Nope. I'm not. I'm not even getting on the ski lift. You know the shit that takes you across to the other thing. Nope. I'm not nope. getting on that. Um, white people have had white privilege for a long time. I I, I got fucked on the deal. I never got white privilege. See, the thing is, JB, you just grew around a lot of brothers naturally. So what happened was our mindset rubbed off on you. If you were the same person, but you grew up in fucking. Uh, Boulder, Colorado, you'd be thinking way differently, but you threw up, you grew up in Compton with real brothers. So the mindset, you have a very similar mindset, not exactly, but very close to how brothers think. So that's why we can relate in a lot of this shit. Because I'm, when I die, I promise you, chat, when I die, it's going to be some regular ass shit. It's going to be like, ah, oh, damn, he had a heart attack. You know, got too big. Blood pressure was high his whole life. He had a heart attack or yeah, like, it's gonna be some regular just life shit. He feels he died in his sleep. You will never oh, hear breaking news. Fox Sports is very young. Darnell Smith died because he tried to skydive and the, the hell no. I'm not putting myself in position to that. Look at Kelly. Almost died parasailing in India. Why'd you parasailing? We look at Kelly. First thing we're thinking, what? Got a little white people shit in her. She got yeah. she got some white in her. She white. She does a lot of white shit. She been pressed. Got, got the pressed hair. Got the yeah. Ooh, Santa Monica. She been around some white folks. Got the perfect the bubble. FBI. Yeah. She did some things, and then she she ventured off, moved out to like South Carolina. She lives on the goddamn farm. She's the sister that is gonna go do the parasail. She's gonna jump in the water with the shark. Yeah. And then all her white homegirls are be like. Girl, let's go. And then that's her. She the one sister. Yeah. But she doing. She opposite of me. Yeah, exactly. I was saying she she's she's she BJ, not JB. She anti JB. She's complete opposite of what you are. That's exactly what it is. Like she go around all white folks for the most part. Like so, their mindset rolled off on you, Kelly. Watch the cup. You are a sister. S I S T A. A black. Queen, a Nubian queen. We do not parasail. We do not bungee jump. We do not play with sharks. We do not jump in holes that are 250 feet underground. We don't know what's there. We do not put ourselves in position to die. Bam! She's back! We got the real Kelly back! You're welcome, Chad. You're welcome, Kelly. I, I, the first time I do it for free, next time I need $9.99.99. <laughs> Sean Kent, bro, I'm not putting it. I'm not going to wood. You're right. Not going to wood. I'm just saying, when I like, we all going to die, y'all. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's a fact. So, we got to die from something. So, maybe it's old age. Maybe I'm just saying, I'm not dying from no crazy wild shit. I'm not doing no crazy shit. That's all I'm saying. Two feet on the ground. 
All right. Well, we wait on Matt. If Matt comes, is Matt come on Wednesday? He, I didn't talk to him. He said he was. All right. Uh, our thumbnail, Vic Smitty, is are the Patriots done? Is Belichick's ride over? Mm. Uh, did, you, did you see the, the, the Ian Rapport deal about Mac Jones? Mm-mm. Coach Belichick was asked if Mac Jones is the team starting quarterback this week. Yeah, we're not making any changes. So, yeah, we're not making any changes. Um, so, he's a quarterback. He's rolling with them. Zappy must not be doing something. I don't know why. But is the has the kingdom fallen and it can't get up? I'm creeping. I'm falling. I can't get up. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a wrap, JB. Um, I've said it before the season. I hate to be right on this, but I am right. And um, I just think all great kingdoms at some point come to an end. And these guys have been the most dominant franchise for over two, you know, over 20 years. My entire childhood, the Patriots was the most scary team in the NFL. But um, you know, it's at a point now where times have shifted, styles have shifted, the, the players and personalities of the guys have shifted the rules have changed where offenses are very happy uh, or, or very um not happy but very uh ben- benefited by the rules and regulations and it's hard to play defense and in the in a situation where coach bill belichick who's a defensive minded coach and a defensive legend and a guy who who coached you tough is gonna call out tom brady's gonna call the entire team he's gonna coach you hard he's gonna coach you up to play tough nose hard nose defense when when you have that type of mentality and that type of uh coaching style and so many different rule changes happen that's that's against your style it's hard to adjust and Belichick has always been him I respect the hell out of him but it just over time you either got to adjust with the times or you'll get left behind and right now he's getting left behind and I don't see no no answer in New England I think this is the last year he'll he'll be there uh now the question that I want to ask as we bring on Big Mac because Big Matt is here now JB is is it should he retire from football after this year, or should he move on to another team that's already established? Because there will be some other teams that that we're assuming will be available. A la maybe the Chargers if they, if they you know lay an egg again. You know I can see him the Char. I can see Staley getting fired. Could you see a Bill Belichick going to the Chargers with the, uh, an established team with a Mike? And again, that's just one example. But I'm just saying, is it is it basically Patriots or nothing, or could you see him? "Quote unquote," reviving the end of his career by going to a, another already established team, kind of like Tom, like Tom Brady. Tom Brady left the Patriots, went to a Buccaneers team that was already fucking put together, and he won a Super Bowl. And we give him all the credit in the world. Belichick ha- having to coach a shitty team, part of it is because his fault because he's the GM, but part of it's just because over time, guys, a team is not going to be great forever. Every fucking franchise at some point. All right, the, the Packers we're seeing are kind of struggling a little bit now, and I think they're going to keep struggling. Um, in basketball, the fucking San Antonio Spurs was good for 20 years. Now we're seeing them struggle. Every great franchise at some point, you got to kind of rebuild and restructure. So I just think the timing of when Brady left was a bad time because the Patriots were, were already heading in a downward spiral. And now all the naysayers, even myself, as I look back at it now, it's easy to say, Oh, they only won because of Tom Brady, and it, this proves it. Well, my question is, what if Brady left in, like, 2010? 
do we think the Patriots will be this bad? Or do we think the Patriots would have still been one of the top teams in the NFL winning 11, 12 games because of the, the, the time that Brady left? Brady left at a time where the Patriots was already going down. So where if Brady stayed, I still don't know how great the Patriots would have been, even with a Tom Brady. So now well, since he left at that time, it's easy to say that. Now go ahead. What's up, Matt? Good morning. What's good, uh, Matt? Well, I don't know, Matt. I, we're going to talk about the thumbnail real quick, Matt, with you. The thumbnail says that the, as the kingdom basically fallen in New England, is Belichick done? Is he gone? Is Kraft gone? Is he done? Not gone, but is he done? Uh, Thai, Thai massage uh, therapist. Can you? Can we dive into – first of all, the Patriots went to the playoffs after Tom left. So I don't know how far they were really – Dice are you know digressing? I, I think they still went to the playoffs. They got blown uh, out. I got the ass in the playoffs too. That yeah, game. I mean they went and you know, I don't know. But Matt, we'd love to get your take on this whole New England thing. Uh, Weddle thinks they're done. They're cooked. They're kind of past the uh, the prime. Matt's been grinding all morning. He's in here sweating, and it's a great day to have a great day, Matt. Um, I. You know, Matt, as I as a, as a coach and a competitor as we are, ex players, I, I don't. I also don't know if I see Belichick walking away this shitty either. So right. that's what I'm saying. Okay, so look, <clears throat> it's a combo. Belichick and Brady won together. Brady also benefited from having great defenses that Bill put together. I don't know why it has to be pitting them against each other. They won the fucking Super Bowls together. That's I think it's a ridiculous argument. It is. Uh, and every coach I've ever known has had a great quarterback, right? I mean, it's, it's a ridiculous argument. And you either have a great quarterback or the best defense of all time. Or a combo. Like, the 2000 Ravens had terrible quarterback play, but they had guys that could get the job done with Trent and Tony Banks and whatnot. But they also had the best defense I've ever seen. So that evens it out. The 02 Bucks, they had Brad Johnson, who was extremely serviceable and won a Super Bowl. And one of the top five defenses I've ever seen it evens it out. So you know the 2015 Broncos, another good example. The the you know aging Peyton Manning can't throw the ball five feet. One of the top five defenses I've ever seen it evens it out. So everyone wins together. No one talks about Peyton Manning's second ring and how the defense is what won it. Everybody just says Peyton has two rings. So Belichick and Brady, what they did together with also the help of you know, Rodney Harrison and Vince Woolfork and Richard Seymour and Ty Law and, you know, like, yeah. Asante Samuel and Randy Moss and, like, odd, yeah. let's not act like they weren't loaded. Corey Dillon, like, they had dudes everywhere. They have great offensive line play, great defensive line play, built their teams correctly. Teddy Bruschi, I mean, the way he – that took over the, the like, the, the, the mental side of everything and, hey, his – mindset through bill push the defense you know to be great they they in new england did a great job of manipulating the nfl in a time where you could before social media they were recording practices and they cheated multiple times and it still doesn't knock the tarnish off of the rings so i i think the the argument's ridiculous pitting them against each other because i don't think the the Patriots would be anywhere close to as bad as they are now with Tom Brady. Like if Tom was on this team, they would probably what are they one and five? I think so, yeah. Okay. One I think four, it would yeah. be, they would be one, one and, and four. Okay, one and four, I think. Yeah. They would be four and one if Tom Brady was on the team. So 
he Tom Brady elevates everybody around him, mm-hmm. and it would be way better. And that's just the way it is. But that's not happening. So, do I think Belichick is gone? Yeah, I think he'll probably retire after this year, or or he'll try and fix it for one more year and retire after that. They got the wrong guy at quarterback, and you know the experiment that he is is having now on defense where. You know, the scheme is really the 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 baby and we can just plug and play players. Well, that's not really working anymore. So it the scheme and all that plug and play shit sounds good when you've got Benson, Richard Seymour and Bobby Hamilton and Junior Seau, rest in peace, and Teddy Bruschi and, you know, Adalis Thomas and you got Rob Nikovich and you got guys everywhere that are past Chandler Jones. You got dudes. Well, then, of course, your scheme is going to is going to work. So. I, I think that this is a learning experience for Bill too, but at the same time, he's at the end of his of his rope as a coach. So, how much can he actually learn and apply? Um, I personally don't think he'll ever coach again. I don't know why he would go to the fucking Chargers or some team that's never won anything just to have that headache. Honestly, he's probably fed up with the generation and all the softness and the same bullshit that we always talk about. That I know coaches fed up with. You can only imagine how fed up Bill is. So he is now the old guy on his on his porch yelling at the kids to get off his lawn, and and that's what it is. Imagine this, and JB and, and Matt. I mean, both both can respond. Yeah, he's well, older, but awesome. Pete Curl's the oldest coach in the NFL. He he's adjusted. He's figured it out. Andy Reid. He, he's not young. He's figured it out. Why can these other older coaches who've been doing it for a long time, who coach during the same era as Bill Belichick? Why can they adjust to, to the new generation of new players and still have all the success? But Bill Belichick, who we look at as, as the greatest coach of all time, let's let, let's start there. We, we call him the GOAT. So if you're the GOAT, why can't you do GOAT thing? Why can't you adjust? We're not saying win Super Bowls, but the Patriots are really bad right now. Like their defense is, I think, ranked like 25 right now out of the entire league. The offense, we get it. They don't have the right quarterback. So, all right, we'll give you a pass for that, kind of. Defense, though, that's your bread and butter. Why is your defense so bad? Like, everything oh, about the business is bad right now. Out for the year. I mean, you got to look at some other things, too. There's a, there's some other issues going on here. And shit goes in cycles, Matt, I'll tell you. NFL's not for long. The shit goes in cycles. He won for literally our your whole young life, bro. Yeah, he did, like, literally. You got to understand, your whole high school and college career, the New England Patriots were Middle winning school. school. So, like, <laughs> yeah. At some point, it's pretty – it's okay to say, you know what? Shit happens. It goes in circles. And right now, the AFC East, just how free agency works, how how how, how the draft works, Matt will tell you, the Jets have hit, the Miami Dolphins has hit, and the Buffalo Bills have hit. I mean, it is what it is. You're in a division that's just not what it used to be. They were in the worst division for 20 years, bro. That's also a good point. That's also a helpful point. I mean, not saying in a way, but that plays a role. Think about – if they would have played before realignment and the Colts were in the East still, and you had Peyton and Tom against each other twice a year, that would have been incredible. But, you know, we still got them, but not at the frequency we could have. Right. So, you know, it's like the old hypothetical of what if Al Davis would have picked Dan Marino in 1983 when he had the opportunity to, and then all of a sudden Marino and Elway are in the same division playing against each other for 20 years. That would have been pretty cool. So, Look, man, the the entire situation here for New England is very simple. You were the big dog forever. You got your rings. They maximized the shit out of that and the cap. But now the cycle has flipped and you're on the bottom. 
And I think they need to go young and hire a coach now the same way they hired Bill and took a chance on him and his philosophy and things. And it worked. Well, now show that same, same leadership craft and that, that same dog mentality you have as an owner and go find the next great signal caller out there who can maximize an athletic quarterback and try not to win another game the rest of the damn year so you can get the first pick or the second pick or the third pick. So you've got to put yourself in a position and maneuver correctly to get elite players. And, you know, New England notoriously throughout time has been really not very good at drafting, in my opinion, but they do a great job in free agency most of the time. And they develop like undrafted players really well. Like you get guys like JC Jackson and you get guys like, yeah, <laughs> Welker, exactly. Like Welker's uh, undrafted at Miami, and he's only there for a couple of years. But Belichick just sees him out of the corner of his eye and identifies him as the kind of guy that they're looking for, you know, in New England to do multiple things. So the ability to do more is what New England's about. Like they want guys that can do more than just play the position that their football card says. So it's. I think there's a lot of beneficial things in the New England way of doing things that can help football players be great and can obviously win you games. But I also think that there needs to be like a little bit of a a synergy movement here so everybody can come together. And the new era of like the way offense is being ran and all that and the old era of hardcore football can like morph together and we can move forward. Um, But I'll tell you this, I know that Coach Belichick – is not a fan of the softness. He wants to practice three times, four times a week. He wants to put on pads. I think that's also a part of this. Like the inability to go toughen your football team up consistently, we're, we're seeing that rear its ugly head because no one can stop the run in the NFL these days. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Good point. Right Let there. me ask you, Smitty. I got to ask you this. Um, our, Matt, too. I'm getting a lot of hit-ups on TikTok Live right now and, and this question. I wanted to circle, to make this thing a full-circle deal. So, Oh, no, don't. We're not doing a full-circle. Chicago back? No, sorry, my bad. No Chicago backhand, but uh, Jerry Jones came out, said Dak Prescott is a quarterback that can get us to the Super Bowl, and that's the <laughs> That's just the way it is. <laughs> They never be the same. No fucking way, dog. This guy's hilarious. <laughs> he cracking up. Hey, Matt, really laughing right now. Dog. He's really laughing. <laughs> hey, I'm actually glad Matt's is greasy. Matt Prescott can get us to the Super Bowl. What is he gonna rent a limo and drive? Is he gonna get a helicopter and be like, hey, everybody, my contract allows us to take a jet to the Super Bowl. Come with me. I got tickets. Man, you got a better chance. <laughs> you got a better fucking chance of like. Trey Lance taking him to the Super Bowl than Dak Prescott. Shit, dude. I think Cooper Russ can actually win more games, but that's me. Yeah. Um, Dak Prescott is not the answer. Let me ask you something, though, on this Cowboy team. Why is Jerry Jones doing this? In history, history, we've always seen the guy that denies something in this profession, and actually that's the guy that does something. Um, I didn't – I would not – be shocked if the Cowboys uh, trade his ass after those statements because that's what we've seen forever. We've seen these things. He said he would never fire Jimmy Johnson. Two weeks later, he fucking fired Jimmy Johnson. So no one wants to bring that up. 
So I, I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen there because yesterday, Matt, the Minnesota Vikings worked out eight quarterbacks. And- oh, you're Kirk Cousins. If I was the Cowboys, I, I, I know where you're going. I'd be picking up the phone immediately. immediately. Let's go. I don't like Why? if you're Dak, you know, like if I'm the Colts with with your boy AR5, who's really durable, going to AR, uh, going to IR today, not AR. That would be the Anthony Richardson uh, place where you go be hurt. Um, IR is where he's at, but we should definitely talk about how athletic he is and how he's going to change the game because he can run around and. Sh- but he's also going to get murdered. Not a whole lot to say today, huh? Shocking. Um, look, eight weeks, eight weeks at least he's out. If I was the Colts, I'd be trying to trade for Dak. But again, what are you trading for? He's not going to take the Colts anywhere either. So hell no. Like Dak Prescott is, uh, he's going to be a great backup for somebody next year. My only question, real quick, to the Kirk Cousins thing: Is Kirk Cousins that much better than Dak? No. That we like, like to no. me, they're neck and neck. I no. do like Kirk a little better, but it's so close. I don't think I don't think Kirk's going to take to Super Bowl either. You might as well stay he's with not. Dak. He's not. No, stay but, with Dak. Yeah. Here, 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 let me let me let me give I'm you some coaching Dak or at least like him reinvigorate. Let me give you some coaching shit though. If I'm if I'm sitting here drafting a cute or, or or getting a pick between Dak and him, and I look at their body of work, Matt, and you do this a lot when you're evaluating someone, it's like, okay, I'm trading for this right guard. Let me look at his body of work. How good is he on the fucking deuce? How down? How good is he on the fucking cat with the tackle and and pinning the nose? We're gonna look at these things and say, all right, pretty fucking good. If I'm looking at the two common denominators of these two quarterbacks, tell me. Why C.D. Lamb, a number one wideout in the league, has digressed, and Justin Jefferson has grown to be one of the best in the football. That is the one thing that I'm saying, okay, let me bring Kirk Cousins here and feed C.D. Lamb the rock because this guy understands. That's the great point. Like, look, I understand Kirk Cousins is he's an he's average. Let's yeah. be real. But – He's incredibly smart, and he he is a student of the game. And I also think with Washington and the time he sp- he spent there, he elevated the team and took them to the playoffs. And I, I felt like he got he was made them better. With the Vikings, he's made them better. I mean, they are they're notoriously pretty shitty at quarterback, and with you know with the exception of guy like Warren Moon a couple of years and Cunningham's year in 98 which was incredible and Fran Tarkington other than that their best quarterback's probably Dante Culpepper or Wade Wilson or some shit so i i i think that the Vikings also have been elevated by Kirk i wonder and i'm not saying Dallas is elite by any means regardless of what Micah Parsons says like you can't really talk shit after you get beat 42 to 10. You need to eat crow and shut the fuck up. But I I think that the ability now for Kirk to maybe go to Dallas, like if he goes to the Cowboys, he's I think he's going to be supported by better players offensively. No point. I think it could actually elevate him mm-hmm. rather than him having to constantly elevate everybody else because let's be real, Washington and Minnesota were not great. You know, if I'm the Jets – like, why I'm going to go after Kirk Cousins so hard right now just for a year and then let him hit free agency and get Aaron back. Because the the Jets, they can run the ball and play defense. Like, that that makes sense to me. 
You know, like it, it, you've got to start looking. The Broncos need to look at moving Russell Wilson and like would Pittsburgh want a quarterback? Because Kenny, I don't know if Kenny Pickett's the answer there, but would Russell Wilson fit with Tomlin's system and what they're doing? And then, you know, Denver have to eat so much of the cap that I read something today that, that you can get Russell Wilson for about 18 million if you're one of these teams, which is stealing for a quarterback contract. Yeah. So Look, man, a lot of these guys, it's about fit and where they're at, not, not necessarily what kind of players they are. And I really think that if Kirk Cousins is in the right situation, he can win you big-time football games. If he's in a situation where he has to elevate everybody else, he can win you some football games. But when you get to the elite-level stuff where the other quarterback is being supported rather than the quarterback having to support everybody else, it, that's where the discrepancy happens here on, you know, winning football games. So that's real. It's, that's it's a good point though, Matt. Cause yeah, cause Kirk Cousins has never had a team that is as good and as talented at least as the Dallas Cowboys team. So I didn't really even look at it that way. Cause like, yeah, Kirk could be, he might be a, a lot better if you put him in this particular situation with a, a, a pretty good running game with Tony Pollard, still one of the top, I know he had a bad performance, but still one of the top defenses in the NFL you got C.D. Lamb, and you got Brandon Cooks over there who always gets a 1,000 yards receiving with any other quarterback besides Dak. Um, so you make a good point. He actually, yeah, I, you guys are starting to wheel me in. He might, it might make sense to get Kirk on, on Dallas. Hey, let me ask you this. Before we talk Brock Purdy for the 49ers, well, let's, talk, let's go there real quick, Matt. Yeah. Are you impressed right now? Is it a system? Is it a roster? Are you impressed? I started watching him more and more. I love the anticipatory throws he's making in the, in the, in the second and third windows. A lot of NFL quarterbacks will not throw over the middle in the teeth of the defense, and I'm seeing Purdy do it even over Patrick Mahomes, who refuses to throw the dig route. I'm trying to see, are you a believer in Purdy yet? Because I know you and I were both on the same page with him. Uh, maybe he's a system, a roster, blah, blah, blah. He's starting to show me that maybe he's more than meets the eye, but I still want to see some consistency uh, do what he's doing right now because they have a, a great roster and they are 5-0. and But uh, is he impressing you? Oh, yeah, man. I, I'm going to go yes on all three questions. The roster is incredible. I mean, incredible. And I'm not just talking about player players that are good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just talking about... The linebackers are fucking all pros. All I mean, of all of them, bro. They've got, like, fucking dudes everywhere. The the number 29, the safety. What's his name? The Uso? Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. That's like... He, he, he reminds me so much of Troy Polamalu. It's, it's ridiculous. The, deep, the linebackers... Greenwood. Brad Warner and Greenlaw, yeah. is a missile, homie. He's so good. And then the defensive line, Armstead and Bosa and the rotation, and now they get – look, Randy, Randy Gregory gets gets to go there and, and pass rush the back – like the, the other tackle, and he gets to be a spinner and go pass rush guards. If Randy Gregory's the guy, you're screwed. But if he can be a great complimentary piece with Armstead and Bosa and all the other freaks they have there. So – that's number one. And I didn't even talk about offense and Chris McCaffrey and all these other dudes that Trent Williams, who I think is the best left tackle I've ever personally seen play ever. And he would be my number one tackle in NFL history at that position. And that's high praise because there's some bad motherfuckers that played that spot. But I want to say this on, on Monday of this week, I went and, and had a meeting with the great Lauren Landau. All right. 
And if you don't know who Lauren Landau is, he runs Landau Performance here in Denver. He was the Broncos strength and conditioning coach for years. Uh, and he's he is the man in the game. All right. And Lauren and I, we're going to do business down the road here for, for moving forward. And I'm really excited about it. He trained me back in the day. You know, I'm going to start taking my kid over there because, again, that's the other voice thing that we always talk about. Even with me and I run a facility, I want him to have another voice and learn from Augie over there, the speed coach and whatnot. That, that neither here nor there. He does a great job. I was over there talking to him Monday about business and things of that nature. And he was telling me a story like he's really close with the Shanahan's, obviously. He he trained so many of the Broncos when Mike was there. He knows everybody. He obviously worked for the Broncos, very close with Christian. He helped Christian in the pro day. He still trains him. Um, Christian went to Valor, which is like stone throw from my house. So it's all big football community out here, right? So we're obviously pulling for San Francisco. We want them to do well this year. Lauren and I were talking the other day, bro, and he brought up the fact that the San Francisco 49ers, he went out for like a week and watched them practice and like the, operate after after he got let go here in Denver by Sean Payton, which I thought was a ridiculous move. Like he, LL probably should have had a lifetime contract with the Broncos. Great strength coach, best in the game. Now, what he said to me was, Shanahan, Kyle walked up to him and he was like, what do you think? And Lauren's like, I've never seen the leadership on a team like this before. The ability for the great players on San Francisco's roster to hold each other accountable with no ego and no pride and none of this like, who do you think you're talking to bullshit that men do? It's it's why they are the way they are. When, when you know, Greenwood can walk up to Trent Williams and say, that's not good enough. And Trent says, you know what? I agree. It's not. Thanks for holding me accountable. Or when McCaffrey can walk up to Bosa and go, you know what? I, I, that effort or what we're, that's not the way we do things here. You know, and it's just a hypothetical. Yeah. He goes, he goes, you know what? That's right. We don't do things that way here. Our standard is up here, not down here. We don't have days like this. Thanks for holding me accountable two three. That's leadership. So that's what I'm saying. Like when I get, when I hear that from the people that I trust at that level, like that know football and the, the leadership in the room doesn't even start with the coaches. This is kind of my point with every football team of all time. If your leaders aren't the big dogs on the team that people fear and they're the, the accountability level is being set by the coaches before the players, the coaches can ride on the accountable part, but they can't set it. They can't set it. Like if you don't have multiple team meetings where like it's players only, you can't set it. So that's that's the first thing. And then to elaborate on your other questions, it's Purdy is now throwing into all this, right, Coach? He's throwing into all this as Mister Irrelevant, and they make him so relevant because of their ability to lead and put their arms around a rookie and go, "I used to be this rook. I used to be this guy," and he needs to be embraced and we got to teach him how to do things in San Francisco because he's the missing link. I personally think, and I'll throw it back to you now, coach. I think San Francisco has a chance, a chance to be an undefeated football team. I think they're that good. Number one. And number two, if Purdy stays healthy in his development and how he's just slowly inclining, just getting better, 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 better. I personally think he's going to be an all pro, a pro bowler and, and, 
I'd be shocked if San Francisco isn't the representative in the Super Bowl for the NFC, and they should win it, bro. That is the best football team in the NFL, period. Brock Purdy is balling. All right, and now that all that, and I'm going to say this, because I've been a, I've been the biggest Kyle Shanahan debunker there is, right? I'm like, this dude's got to win. I mean, so you just said a lot. Yeah. If he don't win, do you fire his ass? No. Yes or no? No way. So when does this motherfucker have to live up to his billing? Hey, I, I Look, I agree they need to win a Super Bowl. I do. But I don't think that if they lose in the NFC title game or they lose in the Super Bowl, I'm not going to overreact as the owner or the GM and John Lynch and fire somebody that always has us in the NFC title game or the Super Bowl. It's hard like, to do, Matt. It's hard to do, Matt. Really, it's super hard. And I'm not trying to make an excuse, but I, I am going to say this. They should have won the 31 to 20 lead Super Bowl they had in whatever that was, 50, whatever the fuck. The one in Miami where Mahomes, they were down 31 20. They the lost and losing the game. Okay. They should have won that game. If Garoppolo hits that throw, they do. And right afterwards, they made a move to get rid of Jimmy. They tried to get, bring in Trey Lance and do all this other shit. It didn't really work. You know, they kept Jimmy around for a year and went back to the goddamn NFC title game where they had the lead again. And if Ward catches that pick, they go back to the Super Bowl, and I think they beat Cincinnati. So there's two. Now, last year, they're in the NFC title game again. And by the end of the game, they've got Christian McCaffrey playing quarterback. So there's, there's reasons for stuff, and there's excuses for stuff. I think there's a reason they lost last year. I think the other two are excuse-based, but you can also look at it as a player as look how close we were. If we get a break, maybe we have rings. So let if, me ask you this. Can their roster get better? They're the best team in football. Let me ask you this. Can their roster ever be better? I mean, let's just be oh, not hypothetical. Let's just be honest. Their their rosters can't get much better unless you go get, I don't know, big time QB that's out there, Aaron Rodgers or something, right? There's no, there's no getting better so if you don't win it after you've been there so many times if you don't win it with this roster this year what are we going to be saying next year like is it oh we gotta go get another tackle like no you can't get much better bro i i look i agree with you wholeheartedly i look let's just run it down trent williams is the best left tackle in football George Kittle is a top five tight end, maybe the most complete player at his position in the game. Some would argue that he's the best tight end in football, and yep. I, I might be one of those guys. He's special. Um, Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in football, the most complete player, pass catch, catching the ball, running the ball, pass protection, consistency. That's a bad motherfucker. Debo Samuel is maybe the best – I'm going to call him a V skill, a versatile skill. Like, Utility, yeah. yeah, like I, I, we played in college and, and the great Lawrence Vickers, you guys know LV. Like Lawrence in college, we called him a V back because he would play H back, fullback, tailback, like he could do everything. And that's Debo's kind of, kind of guy. He's the best at what he does, in my opinion. Not the best receiver, not the best yeah. running back. But from a combo perspective, that dude is the best at what he does. Ayuk is one of the top 10 players at what he does. And I wouldn't even call him a traditional receiver either. 
because they're they're so they run the ball so much and they block so much. It's just a different kind of skill player from the wide receiver position. From a, the rest of the offensive line is is good, but not elite. You know, they've got a lot wrapped up in Trent Williams, and he's the anchor. You go to defense, Eric Armstead is a top 10-3 technique. Bosa's the returning defensive player of the year. Fred Warner's first-team All-Pro, maybe the best Mike linebacker in football at the moment. And Ron that's Hargrave. A, that's a debate. Hargraves, they steal him from Philly. He's killing people with nose tackle. Their rotation up front is ridiculous. They go get Randy Gregory's soft ass. Maybe you can harden him up in the Bay. Like Greenwood, the the other linebacker might Greenlaw, be yeah. Greenlaw, excuse me. Uh, lay down. Greenlaw, like uh, and that's the and that's law. <laughs> yeah, that's lay down law. Call me Greenlaw. Like uh, that's a little little way. Way, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you see, you feel me? So like I, he's elite and he's playing his ass off. And then the secondary is also we just we just talked about them. They're balling. Their special teams are through the roof because they have depth everywhere. I mean, there's a kid the other night that had three sacks. I had never heard of him before. So I, I just think that the, the way they built this team, you ask the question, what will happen if they lose? They'll come back next year and be fucking loaded and in the same position they were this year to maybe go win a Super Bowl. So, Hey, speaking of the night, I got to show you this clip. Yeah, every year is laugh now, cry later. We got something for that. Just trust. If we see them again, just trust. And we're gonna put it just like that. I ain't gonna put too much on it. You're gonna make it personal, we can make it personal. I think uh you know it was already it was already personal before the game started. Now um forty two to ten, I don't think you like wanna see us again. It might be a little bit worse. (laughs) Wow. Diva I don't know what we trust. (laughs) Micah. Well, Tay's getting excited, dog. Shit, she, uh, she, she really liked that. Let me let me ask you. Micah does the the podcast and shit. Smitty's all on board with it. You know, I'm the old man. I hate it. But once you do the podcast, I'm a, I'm gonna take Smitty's side on this. Once you do the podcast and you're in that world, right? You're in this realm of doing a show after immediately after a game. I believe you've opened yourself up for whatever comes. Cause you you're now making statements. You're doing what you're doing. Mike is doing all this talking and all this shit after a game, and he's positive. He's not just talking shit. He he you know he's talking about other teams they played and all this. But you're still in the world of anyone can fucking come at you now. Right. Yeah. Don't you other players look at that and say, "Hey man, you talk too much." Like. You got blown the fuck out. Now you're still talking about getting blown out and yeah, saying yeah. that you're the same as us. No, you're not. No, you're so not. So that's that's my point back to your whole Shadir Sanders thing. That's why I was like, I'm against it kind of as the head coach. I get it as the dad. I get it as the player. But as the head coach, I'm a little different. I'm against it. The same way with this. Like, I have some point, but like, Micah, you've been dominating in the run game. You've been dominating the run game, Micah. You're not – Trent Williams owned you, and then you come out and talk. Like, shut the fuck up and – why don't you beat him first, then talk. That's my point about this thing. That's why I'd rather have some humility and say, hey, dog, let me do something I, we haven't done. Michael, you haven't done nothing in the league. You're great. You're a freak, but you've done nothing. You haven't won a game yet. That means shit. Hey, so Smitty. That's my point. You want to hear something funny? I do. Humility. Shit. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, you and humility. Yeah, me too. I want to be humble over here. Fuck you. Look, <laughs> look, dog. 
I think Shador and Mike have they don't have anything in common in this situation. So that, that that's that is what it is. Look, Micah Parsons, bro, you are a hell of a player, but obviously you didn't watch the tape and you can't remember what happened in the game. Like, dude, you got fucking murked. You were not you were not the best player on the field. Trent Williams straight knocked you down, like straight lockdown, dog. Clinic tape shit. So I to go on and talk shit like now it's personal, it's laughable. Like this is why people laugh at the Cowboys. This is why, because it's a joke. Like the Cowboys are the everyone looks at the star and they think they're living in 1994. And like your boy Troy Aikman's still playing quarterback, and now he's almost 60. So like th- this is why people laugh at the Cowboys the way they do. That this is a total and complete like media shitstorm that Parsons has created. And yeah, as a coach, I'm sure it pisses you off because every coach in America is always like, don't give anybody bulletin board material. And we're not going to say anything about the loss, blah, blah, blah. And then your best player is on a podcast talking about it. So he's not just talking about it. Now he's just throwing gas on the fire. Like he's the only one involved in the fight. Like, Micah, you might be the best player on the field from an athletic standpoint, and yeah, you're impossible to block at times, but the other team in San Francisco is monumentally better than the team you have in Dallas, so it's not a fist fight, bro. You're not going in the cage with, like, the O-lineman you pick to fight. If we're going to fight, I'm going to feed you to Trent Williams and George Kittle on a tray block the whole game, and, like, you're going to – I don't care who you are. You're getting fucking worked on that shit. George is a – savage at the point of attack didn't even bring up kyle Uzcheck. i mean Uzcheck is a seven times straight uh pro baller at fullback and a guy who's probably going to be in the hall of fame one day at this position he's so damn good a i hard- think he's the only fullback in the nfl he has to go to pro Bowl. well yeah of course he's, well it's a good point but he's also a fucking the ravens the ravens use a uh former d lama's name ricard ricard pat ricard i think yeah, he's 310 but, but like, like, look, if you're Dallas, shut the fuck up. You just got dominated. Now you're just talking shit. But let me let, let, let me be devil's advocate real quick, though. Because if you do a if you do a podcast after every game, though, right? You can't talk shit and be all happy when you're winning, and then you lose and go silent. Well, so if you don't do it, you got to do it. Talk like this either, Schmitty. Like he could just say, "Look, we got humbled." That's a great team. Right. And when we see him again, we got something for him. Not, it's personal. Like, don't, nah, fool. I agree, but his comments were in response to George Kittle wearing, like, wearing the shirt that says, uh, you know, the Buck Dallas Cowboys. Now, he, he yeah. was honoring a former, uh, you guys know more than me, he was honoring uh, a former player who, I uh, can't remember who the name, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, a former player wore that shirt years ago, uh, who, who he's honoring, but from, Michael's standpoint, he see you running the shirt and it says, fuck the Cowboys. He probably in his feelings, you know? So. Well, I don't give a shit. How's 42 tenths feel? Like, he's upset about a T-shirt. I'd be more upset about not letting George Kittle score three touchdowns and wear a shirt that says, fuck the Cowboys. If you don't want him to show the shirt that says, fuck Dallas, don't let him score. And he won't be hey, able to hey, do it. Not. We're in the league that the fucking guy didn't want to kick a field goal to break the all-time scoring record either on a guy. So we're fucking in a soft-ass world. We're in a fucking soft. Kick the field goal. Score 73, motherfucker. Absolutely. Shit. Stop me from wearing this T-shirt, motherfucker. Like, Stop it. You don't like it? Stop it. You don't like it? Stop it. You don't like it? Stop it. Hey, uh, Matt, real quick. 
before I show you something, when you, before you before you get out of here, before you get out of here, um, where's Daly at? video at? Um, I got to ask you something about this thing that's lingering. Dr. Jesse Morse brought up to our attention on the show yesterday. What's your He's show? like, you the shot, you, I don't know if you saw that, what Dr. Jesse Morse broke on the show. It's got like 100,000 views on Twitter. He said something I want to bring up on the show yesterday, and he said Deshaun Watson was in Houston. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Matt, real quick, Matt, they've been off for 12 days. This team right here has been off for 12 fucking days. Oh, you know how many massages he got in 12 days? But before the 12 days, Matt, what? he was cleared to play. He yeah. was cleared to play the last football game. Stefanski yeah. kind of threw him under the bus and was like, well, he's cleared, but he's not going to play. But he then he disappears to Houston. No. Now, now we're, we're finding out more things. And if he was cleared, Matt, why the fuck is he not playing? Uh, and it is very interesting, dog. And I'm hearing now, as of yesterday, I've seen Schefter and a couple other reports that don't be shocked if Cleveland is trying to get out of Deshaun Watson. And, and another thing, why are they not playing DTR? They're going straight to Walker, P.J. Walker. He played last game, and he looked – I love DTR. He was, he you know, terrible. tough game, tough game. Well, again, my, my point, rookie. <laughs> yeah, a very tough game. Bad spot, so I'm not going to like – The turds will yeah. always turn. And this is what they're doing. This is runny turd stuff, too. Dude. This is like baby turd, soft under your fingernail. Those of you who have kids know what I'm talking about. Just nasty. It's coming. Don't worry, Schmitty. It's coming. You'll probably have triplets. You'll have, like, all your fingers covered in shit at all times. So I'm just saying, like, the turds will always turd, and they've done it again. Um, if they're trying to offload, you know, Deshaun Watson, and they want to, you know, get him in a position where – He's gone. I don't know who else is going to take him. No, number one, he's a PR nightmare. And number two, he's super expensive and he doesn't really perform at the level that you would want a $250 million quarterback to perform at. Um, if he's, you know, I know that he is quite fond of a rub down and that's cool. That's cool. But I also, you know, the jokes, jokes are jokes, but he's playing like one he's playing like a fucking joke so i don't i don't know man i think that all of this like overpriced quarterback stuff where like guys get paid out the ass and then they go and underperform it's got to be a huge red flag for the nfl moving forward from perspective of look how many contracts we've given out in the last five years to all these superstar elite players that are actually just super average guys that play in an era where they're not being hit they can't like there's they throw guys open because safeties are waiting to make tackles like it, it's the era is driving all of this subpar quarterback play and the money's up because you know it's it's what it is everything just keeps going up and now you've got this expectation of all these quarterbacks that is we he's getting paid in an elite level, but he's really just a mid quarterback and sometimes worse than that. So I watched Deshaun Watson play his ass off in Houston before everybody knew he was a sexual predator. And 
now everybody knows he's a sexual predator and he's got to probably play with himself rather than hiring 900 women to play with him. And it's obviously not working out very well. Maybe he should switch it up to the other hand because his right hand that he's using, he can't throw the ball five feet. And J-I-L-L is winning. Yeah, I don't. I'm. This is me. I'm just going to throw this out there. This is me. Is that I'm you? Is this me? You can see the line about I'm really like, <laughs> like, what looks like everything to you? Like, what is the vibe? Not everything, but it plays a big part. For sure. Well, with that being said, you can take your blindfold off. Oh, fuck no. Run, dude, run! <laughs> Get out, son, dick! Close up, he's up! <laughs> now the hut is in the corner, and it is trying to get at you. That's if I see if I see Deshaun Watson as a GM, that's what I'm doing right there. I'm raw. I'm fucking oh shit. Oh, no. I don't know. oh hell no. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> he was so, he was so pissed off at, at the product. Oh Jesus. I don't know how you do it, dog. I'm be honest with you. I don't know how you do it. It well, is what it is. I told everybody you cannot play quarterback with stress. I don't give a fuck. Well, and there's on. too much outlying stress that we don't know about that's either going on in Houston with other things. How do we know that three more girls didn't come forward and he's dealing with that shit, trying to keep it on the wraps and, and Cleveland found out? Like, I'm telling you, there's more to this story. No, there's no way he just got hurt out of nowhere and he's fucking done for the year. Like, what, what's going on? He's been cleared. You don't bench your, you know, all pro multi-million dollar quarterback unless there's something going on. I mean, you just it's paid him the, the first game. The, the first game that he missed, they, I remember watching like before the game. They showed him uh, pregame on the field, trying to like warm his shoulder up or whatever to see if he felt good. Reportedly, he didn't feel comfortable to play. He was on. I think he was on the sideline for the actual game. So at first, I'm like, okay, maybe he just he just really his shoulder hurt or whatever. And he's not playing. But now the fact that he's back in Houston and like he's still not playing now, it, it's either a JB is right and some fishy shit is going on. Or B, or B, maybe he's more hurt than than what's being reported, and there's some. So I don't know. Either way, it sounds like it's it's some more chaos in Cleveland. Hey, you know what I love about this show? Multiple things, obviously, but yesterday kicked ass. I, we've been talking about how awful Dak Prescott is forever, right? Yeah. Doing videos on it, we're always posting it. Well, the Four Letter Network is on in my house, obviously. And I'm watching it, and I look up, and what are they talking about? Finally, they've started talking about Dak being awful, and is he the missing link in the piece? You can just give us credit. I know y'all are watching this shit. I, I, man, I've been saying this for months, years. I know Dan Olaski watches this motherfucker. Dan Sweetie does. I mean, like, I got text messages to prove that. It's what hey, it is, son. Like, let's, we, let's, let's break watch. down. Can we can we break down eight minutes of film before you get out of here? Sure. I want to ask you, Weto and I are both brought up on the board after you got off on Monday. I'm curious as to if I'm a coach, I'm I'm the first thing I'm doing is correcting the wide nine technique. And I don't understand it. Uh, I'm trying to figure out why I used to rip my DC. We're in an air nine out here and all we're doing is kick stepping and we're trying to get depth and we're trying, and this air nine is just being an athlete, athletic freak. And, but he's getting his ass whipped in the run game like Micah Parsons because we can do so many things to a wide nine. 
And I'm trying to figure out why are NFL DC so infatuated with wide nines when we're not friction in the tackle. The tackle's got a free release to the three technique on a deuce, like on a tray. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck are we doing? Are we are we in the worst coaching era that you've seen? College, high school, and NFL? Not even close. It's terrible. Worst coaching era, worst quarterback era, softest era. Yes. We we need to shut down a fucking sport of football. No, we don't have to shut anything down, but we also can't act like it's not happening. So here we go, Matt. You can still talk and we can hear you. Look, uh, if you're they, going to do this stupid shit and you're constantly going to be in a wide nine, it's like always lining up an under. Here we go. I'm all about an under front, but you know, like especially this, this kind of wide nine, this is like on a on a flex receiver and a nasty split. Like nasty split is close to the tackle. So if let you me get, let me get here we go. Hold on, let me, let me draw it up. You missed from the damn quarterback, bro. Well, all right, Matt, I'm gonna draw it up. You on, talk about it. I'm gonna go from we'll go from the screens right to left. Talk about what he is. So what yeah, but those are both five techniques. These are five techniques in a – without a tight end, we call them five techniques. With a tight end, we'd call them a nine technique for all the well, casual – Well, that is a tight end right here. He, if he widens out to the hash, he would be in the air nine like you're talking about. Right now, they're both in fives, and, I mean, it's – that's just normal alignment. Yeah, and Trevor Lawrence, it's empty. It's empty, sir. Obviously, it's going to be a pass rush situation. So, yeah, as a defensive end, you're going to widen out your stance to get a little bit of space because well, you're more athletic than a tackle. So, that's natural, well, right? Well, he's just lined up in a five technique. He's not really even that wide. If he was outside the the tight end that's in the nasty split here, and they're two by two, they're widening the split over here between the two because they're to the field. If the if the defensive end was outside the the tight end here in a net like in in a in a stance that's on the hash. He would be in an air nine like Coach is talking about, which right is 12 there. yards away from the quarterback, and it's ridiculous. right there in the red box, right? Yes. yes. I mean, and even this, even this is a touch like wide, but at the same time, if I'm the tight end, the minute he comes off the ball, I'm just going to chip him into the tackle anyway. So exactly. you're not really giving the 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 defensive end doesn't have the best opportunity to pass rush here, in my opinion. So it's and I Matt. It Let me break down from the coach's point. Why are we in a five and a fucking four eye? I I, I get it. He's a three oh, technique. Run, yeah, that's a three. That's a three. A, that's a four eye, homeboy. Oh, his left hand's down. That's four eye. No, if it, yeah, if his right hand was down, his then he was playing down. a line on the tackle. Be a four eye. It's a three technique. He's that's a wide three. three. This is an overfront. That's all it is. With the with the safety walk down on the backside, playing the two by two, the two linebackers. It's a that's a three technique. If his right hand was down to the tackle, he would be a four eye. If I if I'm not touching the guard, in my opinion, from a coaching standpoint, calling plays, he's a four eye. That's well, just how but coach, real quick, like it's, it's also a pass. It's a passing situation. So it's a three technique. It's a three technique. But yeah. there's my point. As the coach that I don't know shit, those two fucks are in the same gap hitting each other. That, that's also ridiculous. That's my that's point. That's a bad rush by the end. When you talked about the defensive end and how he's super wide, like especially look also, right there is perfect. Don't move, coach. Look at the A gap. They are sliding away in a ray call. I don't know who they're sliding to, but 
let them fuck that up. Why isn't the three technique immediately taking the A gap and going hit the quarterback in the fucking face? Like, and that's Buckner, who's a badass. Like, this is coaching, coach, period. Especially on this side, they should be running a TE game or an ET game. And they might be with the defensive end slamming like this, but the three technique doesn't know. It, it Because he's so late on this and he doesn't take the inside, the center sits back and then plays back to the three technique late yeah. because, like, this lack of awareness right here from the three technique, it's on the player during the play. But the coach should have seen this. He's got to know that in this kind of situation, they're going to go a Ray call away. And then he's going to isolate the, the three in the five front side. If you go back to the beginning of this, I guarantee you it could have been a, a Louis call where the four-man slide is left and the backside tackles rock one-on-one. -on -one. They went Ray probably to accommodate, I don't know, probably 32 or 53 because he's on the hash right there. So the Ray call goes to 32 or 53. The dual read goes to whoever they don't call in 44. And the minute, the minute 99 hears them go, Ray, 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 he's got to know it's an inside gap transition. He goes up the field one step, transition inside, rip up the field, and roll. But you know what, Coach? I'm going to go back on what I said here a little bit. Even though his left hand's down, he is playing this like a four-eye. He plays straight up the field into the B-gap and hits the shoulder of the tackle. And if I was his coach right here, I'd be like, "Are you? what are we doing? Are you two-gapping this? Or are you taking an inside move here? Because the overset by the left guard, play it real quick. Right? Stop. Bro, that is a fucking murder sack. That's a club. That's a club. Oh, it's club rim. Come over the top. Easy. Up the field. Pop. Pop. Rock. Drop your inside shoulder and hit Trevor Lawrence. Matt, you know what? You made a good point, though. I wonder, did, did, did the D lineman, like, just fuck this play up? Because both ends are coming in hard. Yeah, I wonder, was it a TE stunt? And if, like, the ends knew the play and the tackles didn't? Or because something is weird with this play. Why are both ends? Like, look at this picture right here. Why are both Maybe ends? Maybe because he's down? a fucking four-eye, like I said. But what no. do I know? But, but, but it's, it's, it's the end. It's the, look at the defensive end. Defensive end comes straight, like, both ends. Like, yeah, it has to be a TD stunt. It has to be, Matt. Hey, go, go back to the beginning, Coach. Have you, are you watching these two fucks hit each other, both sides of the ball? Yeah, go, go back to the beginning real quick. Look at, look at this right, I just, here. I don't know, right here. What is – what is – is that 53 on the left or 51? 51. 51. I don't – these are Bukum, I think. And, like, look, look, go, go back to the beginning and watch both receivers – the receiver on the offensive left, I guess, he's he chips the shit out of this defensive end. But this other the other defensive end just runs like straight. He doesn't even take a fucking lateral step. He's just like blind dog in a meat house. Like this is almost if he was like an open side five or a nine and he was playing the zone read coach, this would be like the way that you would want to like angle at the quarterback just to blow up the mess point, right? Right. Yeah. That's the that's, watch, watch how he does this shit. That's this is terrible. I, and Matt, on my new on my new film, Matt, my new NFL film that I'm I'm getting um from my guys, I got three angles now. The the new NFL film from NFL films comes to me now. I got a tight from both points of view, defense and offense, which is oh, brand nice. new this year. And then I got the sky cam, and then I got the end zone. So we got three different views now. I dig that. 
Have you guys seen the view that like the Falcons use? Yeah, yeah I so got that. That, that over the top from the sky. Shit, fire. Cool. Yeah, so I think that maybe. So th- this is this is my after watching this multiple times. Stop, coach, if you would please. I think right there, perfect. I think that they're running what's called a tango. I think this defensive end is pinching, and the the three tech or the one technique doesn't roll. Yeah. And I think that the the three technique on this side playing seventy eight. I think he should be taking the A gap, and then that opens up the B gap for the defensive end. So oh, they yeah. should be running a tango yeah. game. Yeah. So it's oh a yeah, I see what you're saying. And a TE backside, and I I think that there's a definite problem because the three technique with the game going on the front side here and running an ET where the, the end is trying to murk that, the fucking ear hole, the tackle or the guard, excuse me. That's what I think he's doing. The end is trying to murk the guard, but the tackle fucks this up and doesn't roll. And then they're setting it up. So the other three technique can now hit set. You see how 79 slow plays this and sinks back into the hole. And then his eyes go left. Yeah. He's anticipating the three technique hitting him in the ear hole. The, the the mesh point on a game is not necessarily like, you know, a game like you get up and one guy goes this way and go, one guy goes this way. No, the mesh point is the, the, the three technique now has to knife to the ear hole of the center. So yep. when he hits him, the hip and the shoulder elevate. And when they separate off to try and pick up the wrapper, you're hip to hip in the gap, which means the vertical presence is immediately felt, and he's in the quarterback's face and making a play. So, yeah, reverse pivot by Lawrence, and this throw is outstanding. This kid is really, really getting better, but it shouldn't have happened because I, the defense definitely fucked that up. So, you know, there's no right or wrong answer here with all of this, but it's very interesting to see how one little screw up by one guy affects all eleven like that. Like you, that that play alone. Could have cost them a game. Yeah. Now let's talk about this one. I got all this different film now. Let's talk about this for a minute before you leave. Yeah, yeah. Now I like this, right? We're in a head up. We're in a fucking head up here on the left side. So we're here. Matt, just talk to to everybody about what the front. All right. Now, look, I love this. All right. This is a, a combo front. So they're running like a bear look at the front side with a zero, three, and a stand up five. And the backside defensive lineman, and then the guy who's walked out here, you see his foot. The other guy that's walked is probably a corner. I I don't know that. But this four-eye right, he's the force player. He's going to support the outside contain. The reason this guy over here is squared up in in a four-eye is to stop the cutback lane. So I know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is on the right side. But if, let's just say the tight end's here. So – it's strong right. That's where the three techniques at. Okay. Yeah. So a layer can be either the cutback player. Okay. Or they can move somebody here and run the ball right on like a smoke reverse. And then 83 is blocking down. But the reason they put a four eye back here on 79 is to stop cutback. Because if you put him in a five technique outside with an overhang force player, the, all of a sudden, like uh, this is what Coach was talking about on, on the, one of the last clips is if you put someone in the gap, you have to accommodate for him, and it takes away the ability to deuce or ace or whatever. So if you put a four-eye here, we can't just mash the fucking nose tackle with the guard. We've got to accom- – and now go back real quick. Now, did you see the motion, how they moved a two-by-two two and how everybody pluses over? Hey. 
It's but beautiful. Matt, so the full area is there to stop the cutback. Yeah. Boot count cut. BCCR, Matt. Boot count cut it back reverse. Exactly. Play the play and then perfect. Yeah. Now they're running and chasing. That Hutchinson kid is such a stud, bro. And 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 Matt, real quick, if you don't, if you're not an option guy, don't fucking run it because I can't watch the film. I agree. Like, look, this is this is either 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 Matt. Either crack this motherfucker, Matt. Either either fucking crack his ass, right? You have crack to. Him. Or attack his inside shoulder as the quarterback and use him to pitch off of. We might as well toss the ball and just toss crack the bitch. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they just down block with 83 and 74 pulls, they may have a seam here. But the way they're trying to block this is like, you might as well just be like, look at 65. He's like squared up and shuffling. He should be attacking. Like they, they should be the way I would block this. He has to eat his inside shoulder full speed. Well, why the fuck would you run speed option at Aiden Hutchinson with fucking Patrick Mahomes? Like you're just That's my point. That's, That's right. a stupid ass play call in the first place. Go back to the beginning, Coacher. Like right here, I would down block 83 on Hutch. I would I would deuce seven. No, no, no. Not not there. Watch, you're going to love this one. I would deuce the fuck out of the three technique to the linebacker, and yeah. I, I would pull the backside guard 62 yeah. as hard as humanly possible flat and just have him clean everything in the alley, reach and, and then reach the center, and then down block with 79. And then also, even though Tony moved all the way over here, at the snap of the ball, I would reverse pivot him and bring him all the way around the backside. Ooh. 25, so you have more eyes. Because then it turns into like a triple option look off the zone read. And wow. right here, I would just pick the ball up and hand it to 25. Or have 25 cross key off the zone read action, run Tony behind it and pitch the ball to him. And then you've got all the mash. you got a mash double team heavy. you got 62 out hard. you got 83 blocking Hutchinson down. The motion in the backfield will confuse 97 initially. And then you've got 62 on a pencil neck out here on the hash, or excuse me, on the boundary. And then the other thing is, too, you should be able to check this at the line of scrimmage and actually run like one back power left, which would be called Sally, Sally, Sally. You run one back power left Sally into this, and then we go – Let's see, we flash set the four, or excuse me, we double team the four eye all the way to the, the first linebacker here or defensive back on the hash. We ace we ace heavy to this guy right here, or excuse me, we cap back, we pull the guard front side for any cleanup. You cap back, hinge down. You've got all these defensive players into the boundary because of the alignment. And then 25, if he hits this right and vertical, could be hitting his head on the fucking goalpost. But, again, this is all pre-snap shit that I would like to see get done. Are you Matt Machesi or Matt Shanahan? God, Lee, you broke it like, down. This is what I do, dog. Like this, hey, this Matt, is this. I'm going to fuck with your head, and I'm going to run that right there, though. I like, I like that shit, too, Coach, because that's like almost influence trap. Like, I would, I would take the guard, the center. If you want to do this, we can absolutely get this done. And I really I'm pitching off of him, Matt, with Matt, with Patrick hey, Mahomes. So Fuck, how about what if we get it like this, too? I really Hell, like I'm this. I'm pitching off of him. Look at that shit. I'm old school. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And then, like, if you want to ISO the three technique and you can give them different looks on trap. So we'll zone read this or pitch off the three here. The next time we see it, 
when he thinks the guard or the center is going to pull, we're going to ace this fucking nose tackle all the way to 34. I think that's whatever his name is, the dude with the long hair. And then I'm going to pull 62 and smash the fuck out of the three technique on trap and then reach block to five technique and Hutchinson. You've got an ace like Rico here because of the alignment of 34. So the center will take the left step. The right guard will take a right step and off his right foot will rock into the fucking nose tackle. The momentum into the nose tackle will take him to 34, 62 pulls and knocks out the three technique. And again, you got a fucking seam you can run a truck through and it forces the backside will linebacker to make a play in space and we'll be climbing to him anyway. I love that. I got both angles now, Matt. My dick is hard over here. You can't yeah, see man. it. Make, making making dick moves every day. You can't you see, see me over though. here, but I'm my shit. I'm a, I'm Chicago backhanding the fuck out of my shit. JB, right it, it, it would be pretty hard to see anyway. JB, <laughs> I love it, dog. Yeah, you can hear it though. Film is like porno. <laughs> you can hear it though, Smitty. <laughs> Man, I will say this: if you can't hear it, you ain't doing it right. You hear my shit? It's gonna be like that's it. Just one slap. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Fuck. That's terrible. Job is done. <laughs> God, you poor son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, Matt, I, I gotta ask you, Matt, real quick before we move back on to the show. I know it's yeah. you gotta get out of here before you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, Matt, I go into a game and I ha and I have a run game scripted. I have my high technique and my low technique run game. That means to the common fan, I run to the three tech in certain run plays. I run to the shade certain run plays. I'm not running outside zone to the high technique. Sorry. Just angle and opportunity is not good. So, I'd rather run outside zone here, Matt, to the bubble instead of running. And I'd rather run inside zone at the three technique here. I 100% so, agree. I hate outside zone to a wide player. I mean, it doesn't make sense. And then we got a wide nine out here, and I'm like, five. But I'm like, why would you yeah, run to that? Bro, he's a five, but, bro, this is an air nine. I mean, this is yeah, so bad. Look, and this is one of the reasons why I don't like this formation with the running back. Because it limits where you can run the ball. Like, I would be either pistol or, God forbid, we have to go under center and actually work on our footwork and stuff up in the pocket. We can manipulate the passing game under center just like we can out of shotgun. But, look, if, if I love what you're saying going left here because if, if he's under center or in pistol and Hilaire is behind him and you don't have the indicator that they are running right because of the motion – and the alignment, and also, look, that's the boundary. They're running into the boundary here. I'll give them that. But if we do run left, and let's say 25 is behind Mahomes and he's in the pistol, okay, we just gang call the shit out of this, and we just we, we gang call in Rico. So right now the left guard would take a hard step left, ricochet back into the fucking nose tackle and shelf him to the center, and that ricocheting momentum off his left foot carries into the linebacker. 79 is reaching the shit out of the five technique, but he's not trying to get to his outside shoulder. He's trying to get to the V of his neck and take his in, his right hand and take it where you want to go. That B gap will be wide as hell based upon what, what you just said. And then yeah. the backside, the, the deuce over here on the backside, the Anneloni or whatever this kid's name is, 34, who's a good player. 
this is like the heaviest of heavy deuces. So you get up there as the right guard and you just look at the right tackle and go, deuce heavy, deuce heavy, deuce heavy, wear this motherfucker out. And it is straight left foot in the ground, vertical presence through the three technique and just hip to hip, just wearing this motherfucker yeah, out. Just, imagine, look at the angle and opportunity to the bubble though. High technique side. And guess what, Matt? I got a guy in motion. How about Hilaire leads? And I shovel it to the motion man to the bubble. And that that's my thing. It's like, yes, the offenses are creative. And when he moves over, now stop. So now, right now, the, the calls change. Okay. So right now, all of a sudden, we go reach. We're reaching here on the five technique. 62 and the and the center are going to quick ace all the way out to the stamp backer that just went to the hash. And we're going to quick deuce to 34. So now what it went from Ace Rico, Ace Rico, deuce heavy, deuce heavy. Hey, motion. And we know the motion is happening. So, God damn it, we shouldn't be confused. When the motion happens, all of a sudden you make a new call. Hey, deuce quick, deuce quick, deuce quick. And you take a drop step that's the same length as your arm. You post the hand, 74 drop steps and overcomes. 79 reaches if they pinch here and drop him down. 62 is on the same plane as 79. He can pick up the pincher. 79 can go to the back. Like, the, the, this is what hey, I'm talking hey, about. Matt, We're just fuck Aiden Hutchinson. He ain't stopping the play anyway. He's the boot counter comeback exactly. reverse guy. And you don't even need to block his ass. Just leave him out there fuck and let him no, run. He's way too far out. He ain't that damn exactly. fast. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. So, all right, boys. I got to go. All right, then, Matt, man. We appreciate Take you, my guys. I mean, dude, just JB, we just keep fucking, you just keep throwing them up and we keep knocking them motherfuckers down, baby. This shit is fire. I have the best show on, on the fucking YouTube, on the radio. It don't matter. Coach JB, we're Big Schmitty and your boy. We fucking rock it every morning. I'll be back tomorrow with that sweet serenade that drip, drip, drop. There it goes. I need a gas. I'm out. Peace. Ah, no, that's how you. That's how uh, you might drop it, man. That's how you might drop it. JB, that film is fire. You gotta, we gotta talk offline. You gotta let me know how I can get some of that film so I can break some tape down right there, man. That's how we do. It. That's how, that's what makes us different than a lot of these other shows. We actually breaking down the footage, getting getting you know that rip. No show can really do this. <laughs> Not on the internet. You, you're the only one. Actually, they can't do it. <laughs> they literally can't do it. You're the only one. I'm the only one. We're the only. We're the only one. We the only uh, one. We the ones. Uh, we the ones. Planet Earth. I gotta take a piss. We got about 40 minutes left. We got a lot to still break down. We got a lot of shit here sitting here to show you. Uh, College games last night. Some big games went on. Appalachian State took a L for the first time. Uh, your, your boys are Liberty Six and OJB. <laughs> That's just funny as hell. We gotta start doing that for real. We gotta start breaking that down. I ain't gonna lie. So yeah, we got a lot to talk about left, man. Um, so y'all, yeah, y'all, y'all don't go nowhere. You gonna take a piss? I'm gonna give me a piece of toast, and we are gonna be right back here, ready to go, what? man. Piece of toast. What? Piece you of toast. Get what? Piece of toast. A piece of toast with strawberry jelly. We're out of here. I'll be back. This man. This man. This. This man. Just throughout your career, you know, people always say the safety is like the quarterback of the defense. I got to ask you, who was the toughest quarterback that you faced week to week? You know what I'm saying? In terms of just like, all right, or each year, I know when I play against this guy, I got to be like 125% locked in because it's going to be a mental battle between myself and this quarterback. Who would you say that guy is? 
Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, Peyton. Peyton was was uh, the funnest, the most challenging, and made defenses evolve. Right. Like I came in, we beat them in the playoffs, oh seven, oh eight, before they ended up winning their Super Bowl, and we had to change the way we played defensively to counter uh, the audibles and the check with me's and the no huddles that he did. So we would go in the huddle with two calls. We would go into reload the blitz from a strong side to the weak side. Uh, and you're only able to do that with a veteran team that in a smart team. Right. And yeah. uh, so him, and then honestly, like I didn't, I was over against Tom in my career until mm. we beat him in the playoffs. And the thing with Tom was, is he was just so methodical. He wasn't the Peyton where it was so much at the line of scrimmage. Check with me. He would just get up there and and dice you up, right? And and just look at the defense. I know where the ball goes. Ball comes out. Boom, 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 boom. Touchdown. And then he Based on these, the call play. He don't care about changing so much. Exactly. Like he would maybe reload the front or re-ID the mic. But outside of that, you weren't seeing a bunch of audibles for him. He was just going to line up. Figure it out and go play. The only times, like, I remember a Sunday night game, we were playing the Patriots at home, and we were up on them, like, 17-0. And they just, they just decided to go no huddle. And it was the speed, like, turbo no huddle where there is no check with me. It's line up on the ball, next play, snap hike. Line up on the next ball, snap hike. Like, boom, boom, boom. They scored in, like, six plays. Took them, like, a minute. And we were on – we couldn't even get a call out, let alone stop them. <laughs> And then they never went back to it. And I'm like, thank goodness you never went back to it. I, what I'm saying is I would love to have those guys every single day. I would love to have AR5 and coach them up my way. But guess what? That's not happening. And they're not being coached up. You can see it. It's evident. If we break down the QB, let's just be clear real quick. We break down the QB. Let's talk about the guys that you like, okay? Justin Fields. Another oh, guy. Oh, 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 oh. I didn't say don't. I no, no, want no, no, him to do no, well. Justin Fields. I'm, I'm, I'm be clear here. I'm uh, talking about guys that we like that are the new age era guys. Okay. Justin right. Fields. Lamar, we're going to put in that boat. Oh, Kyler no. Murray. We're going to put that guy in the boat. We're going to put AR5 in this new boat. We're going to put, um, we're not going to put CJ and Bryce in there yet because they're not the gifted freak. But they are still the new age guy. But if you've watched both of them so far, CJ is throwing the ball well, but they're bad team. Bryce looks horrible with a horrible O-line, and they're both pocket guys. They're struggling too. So it's it's a complete struggle. The issue I'm having is if you're going to live and die by running the football at quarterback, you're playing the wrong position. Like, it is what it is. Like, I don't understand why. How do you think this is sustainable? He's been injured two weeks in a row, and this is your franchise, Smitty. Like, you're going to pay him big money. Like, do you realize they just paid 230 to Deshaun Watson to look as awful as he does? You don't think the GMs are looking at this like, okay, we got to pump our brakes on paying these guys so goddamn much money so quickly because it's not paying off for us right now. First one back, of course, I'm in the building. Um, much love to everybody hitting the like button, subscribe, become a member. Everybody out there uh, every day, all you daily viewers, appreciate y'all. 
Let me get rid of this. God damn, we got a lot going on. Uh, let's see. Hell yeah. Pick show that. Smitty's slow. He's eating carbs. You don't eat carbs, dog. What they saying on TikTok? Uh, I got off it when I went on the break. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they say. I don't know what they say on TikTok. I don't know what they be saying on TikTok. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Oh, you finally back? Mm-hmm. My fault, my fault. You finally back? You ready to work? <laughs> mm. Oh, my God, yo. Get you a piece of toast. I heard you talking shit about not eating carbs. Some carbs are good. I ain't gonna lie to mm. mm. College football talk. Why Smitty eats. I got to break down. I told you guys <laughs> yesterday that Jamie Chadwell should be the Michigan State coach. I said I don't know if he should be, but I said he may be. Right. He may get a call. They dominated Jackson State last night, 31-13, 6-0, bowl eligible. He he rebuilt a program in Coastal Carolina. He's going to continue to do. And now, mind you, real quick, I want to be clear here. See, I wouldn't do that shit, Smitty. I, I would never do that. That's the one downfall I have as a coach. I would never, ever, ever do this right here at 6-0. and Yeah, because there's so much season left, and you don't want to celebrate too much now to where now they might be feeling, you know, Feeling all you do too is much. go to a fucking bowl game. That's it. Yeah, but you also gotta understand though, too, JB. You gotta be realistic about where you're at. They're not in Alabama, not in Georgia, not at LSU. So being bowl bound for that program and that and that school is a big deal. I went to Ball State, JB. When we became bowl bound and we went to bowl games, that was huge for Ball State, huge for the team, huge for the community. So it's all perspective. So I get what you're saying for sure, but I think because of where he's at and how far they have come. And the fact that they're rolling the way they are, you do got to celebrate the small wins at the same time. Well, first of all, let me give you a little backstory. Yep. Hugh Freeze already built Liberty up. This guy's coming into Liberty and basically taking it and running with it. It's not like he's rebuilding Coastal Carolina. Liberty was already rebuilt, number one. Number two, I take it as, hold on, Hugh Freeze did what he did already. I'm going to come in here and expand on it and do even more so I can get a Hugh Freeze type of job at Auburn. I can go get a Michigan State gig. To me, just kind of, uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of, but he's a good coach, man. I'm going to say, what, 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 like, are we praising him or not? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are we- <laughs> no, I'm, just, I, I'm telling you what I wouldn't do. He yeah. He's doing his thing and it works. So that's why I'm saying he's a great coach. He does his thing. Kids love him. He's doing his thing. Uh, shout out to him. Kudos to him. I'm just telling you what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do it yet because I'm trying to shoot for the stars, land on the moon. Uh, yeah. And I'm not saying he's and, not. And, and it's not. I'm, I'm sure I'm like he, he's not either. Yeah. I'm sure, he probably want to go undefeated. But a lot yeah, to does. me as a head coach, it has to be a balance. Because what you're saying, I feel you. But as a player, it's like, I still want to feel like, I still want to celebrate the small wins. It's a lot of work that goes into what, to these 12 games. It's a lot of work. Long off seasons. But like who, what, what side of the fence are you on? Like there's this clip out there, Nick Saban, they won the natty. Yeah. A couple years ago, they won the national title. And then they beat Georgia that year or whatever when Tua came in. Um, and he was like, well, we'll be, we'll, we'll, we start spring ball in a month and a half. 
Like, nah, or, like, nah, coach. Like, this is. I'm the, just saying. This, I'm saying. What side are you on? You I'm think on the opposite side. I'm saying this is this is the goal. Like, you're on the opposite was, side of the guy that's won seven natties. I'm saying this was the goal, Nick Saban. So, like, for this season, this was the goal. There are seniors on this team that won't be at the spring practice. This is it. So, like, it, now it's time to celebrate a little bit. It's okay to celebrate. Like, it's not – I think sometimes some of these coaches I'm are so – I'm not a celebration. I'm not. I'm not no, no, not. I'm saying sometimes these coaches are so um, gung-ho on just winning, which, again, on one side, I get it. I love it. But you're so gung-ho on winning that you're never present and you're never – able to celebrate when you actually do win it's like well fuck why am i winning if i'm never going to be happy or satisfied you just won you just won today and you're talking about yeah we got spring ball in a month oh what the hell like why are you doing this for do you love the game do you love the passion or do you just look at it as a job and i just i'm just doing my job our job is to win i won that's it like no at this now I get what you're saying with the six and zero. Oh. Like maybe yeah, nah, we ain't we ain't done yet. Keep going. But once you hit your goal, like, now it's time to celebrate with your team with those seniors that won't be might not go to NFL, six might not play again. Better not be his goal. You said what? Six and zero oh better not be his yeah, yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure, it shouldn't be a goal. But I, I I do feel like you can celebrate milestones on the way to the big goal. I mean, that's all I'm saying. I'm sure yeah, the next day that was in there watching film, that was in the weight room, and they going right back to it. Just in that quick moment post game, they put on the bowl, the bowl bound shirts. All right, boom. Next day, oh, on to the next. We watch the film. We in the weight room. We're we're doing recovery, and we're right back to it. I mean, you know, football is a week to week. Like you ain't you don't even have enough time to celebrate in football during the season because this shit is just it's like this. It's a system. It's back to back. You got Mondays off, Tuesday, Wednesday practice, Thursday you going upper, Friday we gonna travel, Saturday's the game, Sunday you know it's just like every single week it's the same thing every single week. So hey, that's the grind though. That's what we signed up for. It on the flip side of what you're saying, you don't get to enjoy the wins. Well, it's actually the competitive nature side of my of me. I I was the same after a loss or a win as far as my facial expression. And like you say, if I had a regret, maybe I would like to enjoy wins more. They are hard to come by. But at the same time, I say that now, but if I went back to coaching tomorrow, I'm probably going to be back to old JB as far as competitiveness wise. I'm not I'm not celebrating a middle-of-the-season award when we haven't really won anything longevity-wise. Like, nobody's going be- to remember Liberty 6-0 in 10 years. Nobody on that team, if they lose the next four games and they go to a shitty bowl game, like, they're going to win. They're going to remember undefeated season. That's the T-shirt you get, in my opinion. So, right. I don't know. That's just the competitive side. I, I-, I like the winning and all that and-, and the celebration, but I think more now we're celebrating – mediocrity at all-time high because you have to to keep the kids there because the motherfuckers will leave if it's a if it's a stringent fucking militant uh old jb type even though everyone thinks i was this militant guy go ask my players how our fucking lax atmosphere was on a day-to-day not a good time they they try to w in the water all types of shit i mean when i when i'm when i'm when i'm in the weight room and when we're on the field and we're in the study hall and we're that's go time that is what makes the other shit funner. Right. Like, let's get our job done, our work done, and I'll be the asshole. And then, guess what? Throw me in the lake. Yeah. But I don't I don't see any players out here talking about 
Oh man, we walked on eggshells around JB. He was an asshole. Yeah. I don't. I've never seen a player say that. Have you? <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, I've never heard it. Never seen it as a former player. Like, I, I, there has to be a respect factor. And what I mean by that is, my coach has to have a certain mentality that that makes me take him seriously. Right? I have to know that he he means what he says. He says what he means, and this means something. This coaching thing, this means something to him. So, with that being said, I need a coach to be firm i need the coach is going to be hard nosed tell it like it is cuss at times and just, just be that guy but then yeah if it's a moment where we're chilling and we're the d-line's getting together with, with the d-line coach and because they're cooking at his house they're barbecuing all right lay back chill joke have a good time it's a balance of both but when it's time to work it's time to work i always played better when i had a coach that was gonna get after me you know what i'm saying in the moment you might not like it you might get frustrated no one likes to get criticized or or say you 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 did a bad job on the play in the moment, but in hindsight, I always performed better when I had a coach who was going to be fired, like fiery. He's going to be he's going to get after you and force excellence. And then on the flip side, you respect him so much on that side that you know now he can joke with you after practice and and, and have a good time with you because like you know what he's already set the standard of respect. Because I've had another coach. I'm not going to say his name. Good ass dude. Like to this good ass dude, but. He was too nice to where the rest of the players did not respect him. I respect him just because I'm I'm me. I'm always gonna gonna show respect and I'm always gonna, you know, respect my coach because that's how I was raised. But when you're too nice and you're not fired enough, and, and even when you did try to yell, it came off as fake and phony, the rest of the players on the team or the position group, they're not gonna respect you. And so I, I've seen both sides, and I'm telling you for sure that it takes a guy to be firm in order for the team to really unite and be and be and be underneath them you know what i'm saying so rambo what up man i ain't seen him in a while um i've been running into some former players lately out here uh kind of where i live at i've seen another cat I, I i coached up too uh good to see them cats uh successful i got a dude who's a gc right now general contractor doing his thing um it's good to see good to see um yeah it's it's just i I think we're scared to lose players, and I think that's costing coaches to be the coaches that we once were, which is demanding greatness. Now we're accepting mediocrity and celebrating it, which is in turn allowing society to be soft. When these players leave college football now, they never went through the rigor, and now they're being told and being praised as a great fucking player when really they're not. They're mid and then we're telling them this so they can play for us so we don't get fired, Big Smitty. Back in the day, we coached harder and demanded excellence. So when the kid left the university we coached them at, they were better. I don't believe it's happening anymore. I believe they're leaving now and are worse because the real world is hitting them in the face with a two-by-four as soon as they leave that college institution. And now they're motherfucking the coach for not being harder on them. It's a crazy dynamic that I'm seeing every day. And it's like, wait up, JB the asshole is getting praised after the fact because he was hard on his players and his players respected it and thank me to this day for allowing them to make it where they are today. And then the guys that are soft on him who got them out are motherfucking them because they weren't hard enough on him. It's crazy how it's working right now, but that's true shit. It's actually going down right now like this. I don't know. It's telling you. 
So yeah, no, maybe sure. tough skin developing is still the is still the answer. I saw an interesting stat, Big Smitty. Have you seen this stat? So I don't know if you saw Eric B. Rakim went back on tour. Um, who else was it? Uh, uh, RZA, KRS-One, uh, this whole crew of guys, Fat Joe, all these guys. And they're selling out and double and tripling the volume in, in ticket sales as the futures and the new body rappers, these new booty rappers, as far as the concerts. Hmm. Yeah, I so the see concert that ticket sales are tripling the amount of the young heads, the new heads. And it's like some some guy posted it the other day, like maybe maybe the old school cats are or not only old school, but maybe and there was a lot of young heads out there, by the way. Maybe the cats are trying to get back to the. I don't know. <laughs> Real life fucking people. I don't know. I don't know what to say. How to say it. I mean, here, there's a lot of young heads right now that, that are just not, you know, just being real. They're not super talented when it comes in, in the hip hop game. Future ain't one of them, no. Future ain't ain't future ain't ain't one of the. the I, I don't know the names. I'm just saying, yeah, young yeah. yeah. I, I'm 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 just helping you out because I don't want people to come. Uh, future, yeah, I, I know how social media works. I'm sorry, but there is a lot of like the 19, 18 year olds who just the, the content is just it's like, come on, man. You know, I always got mixed feelings about it because on one side it's like, I, I kind of sound, sound like the old man now. Like, what are we talking about? This is horrible content. Why are you putting this out? But on the other side of it, being someone who's from the hood, grew up without, grew up poor, I kind of like, it's like, damn, although I'm not a fan of this, it is a good thing that at least we have a, a, a business, an industry that allows these poor people, these poor black people, for the most part, to be real, to have an opportunity to make it out. And you would just hope and think that with time, you know, just age and growing up maturity, they'll develop and they'll get better in terms of putting out more mature content. When I was 18, 17 years old, if I was, if I had a hit song, who knows what the hell I would have been. I was pretty mature for my age, but you a teenager, you 17, 18 years old, you're going to be talking about a lot of bullshit. So like, on one this, end is like, damn, it's bad content. On the other end is like, well, they're getting themselves out of a bad predicament, out of bad situation to hopefully set their families up as well. So it's kind of just, I don't know. It's two sides to it, in my opinion. What, what the sexy red or whatever her name is? Yeah, fucking horrific. Yeah. By the way, number one, number two. Yeah, we had little Kims back in the day growing up. Like when I was younger, we had little Kim. I she had little Kim. I had Trina. Y'all had. I mean, everything. you know, she was talking about shit. Who's your oh, homie shit. from uh, uh Miami? All the all the sex. Uh, Trina. Nah, the 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 the, the two live crew. All of them. Like y'all was. Yeah. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I hate when your generation want that. Yeah. Like, I hate when your generation want to come out and say, "Oh, this is but." We, we can't talk about that. We got all these kids watching. Y'all ain't never cared about kids. Y'all was wilding out worse than us. The only the only difference, y'all did not have these. That's the only difference. I swear to God, in the 90s, I, if y'all had social media, we would have saw everything. Y'all would fucking, because there was cameras. I think the lyrics were better. I don't think you have a woman rapper now that was was kind of like who who what women now equates to like a Latifah or MC Light where they were actually positive women dropping bars. Uh, now you got women just talking about the popping the pussy. That's all they can get because they're so non-talented. They're so fucking lack of talent. They got to be sex appeal, drop the ass, show the ass, and they don't have any talent. MC Light was fully dressed on stage, dog, like fucking dropping bars. Fucking Muhammadia, fucking Latifa, fucking Rage. Lady of Rage was what? Yo yo, yeah. yo yo. 
I look rough and stuff in my Afro puffs. Now we got sexy red. The yeah, I mean, she, I mean, she's like, what? I don't want to use her to like, because still, say what you want. Nicki Minaj is one of the all time rappers on lyricists, like actually rappers, lyrics. If you go back and listen to her stuff, like she's the actual lyric, like lyricist for, for sure. There, there's a couple rappers out now. I'm just not. I don't listen to a lot of female rappers. There's a couple like actual lyric, like lyrical female rappers, but they're not as mainstream because they're not talking about sexual stuff and shaking ass stuff like that. The problem is the problem is the way the industry set up, JB. They 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 popularize the rappers who are talking about you know shaking their ass and sex and stuff like that, and the rappers who they do have who are legit lyrical because they're trying, there are some women who got bars they just they're not they, they don't get marketed they don't get pushed i follow a couple of them on social media because i just i like rap i like i like the industry i like the music but they're just not getting the push that labels don't want that you know what i'm saying that's a fact so let me ask you this um i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it the rap game at this and we'll go and we'll move on we'll move on to sports but oh yeah there you go i could think of the name thank you rap uh look her up jb Positive, puts clothes on, spit, got bars. I couldn't think of her name. Uh, so th- there's a handful though, but again, you wouldn't know her because they're not they're not pushing that. That's, that's, that's my not point. That's yeah. my point. Yeah. So, let me ask you this. How many Tupacs has there been since he died? I mean, that's a whole you don't gotta think about it, Smitty. Zero. Would you say Kendrick Lamar? No, fuck no. Tupac? Again, I'm Let me not... Ask you, uh, here's my point, though. All Before right. you go on, I know you're going to... I know you got... You, you you well in tune in this business. How many Drakes have there been since Tupac died? 30. That's my point. There ain't never been another Pac. There ain't never been another Biggie. There's been a thousand Drakes. We've seen them come and go. I can name you a million fucking Drakes. There's... No, no I, gotta dis- I gotta disagree with that. It ain't been no There's thousand, no, it ain't been no million Drake. I mean, it's a different it's era. Been guys who tried to mimic Drake after Drake was Drake because they saw the success of it. I don't know, no, I don't really know too many Drakes before Drake who's Drake doing the way that Drake That's so to me. Like, what has he done that's different? <laughs> Tupac was different, homie. Biggie was different, not only because their body types, their lingo, their generational chains, like they're a Kobe and a Michael Jordan to this business. To what they were in basketball, like Michael Jordan changed the game. Kobe Bryant kept it going. I don't believe there is a guy that you can say that about now in the entertainment business that we're sitting there like, "Fuck, Drake changed everything. He's the greatest." No, he's not. We've seen but thirty. Maybe part of this is because of uh, of because birth dates, meaning that the nineties was such a special time because hip hop was still pretty pretty new for the most part. Um, it, I don't think people realize how fucking special Nate Dog was. That's all fucking Drake's doing, homie. Like, yeah, Nate but Dog yeah, for sure. Two in 1988. Yeah, but and respect to Nate Dog, of course. But like Drake took that and 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 like respectfully had like like ele- like elevated to an, to another level and, and added his own little style to it. His own like you always take something. If I ask Tupac and Biggie who they they, they listen to KRS One and LL and like. Everybody takes something and then and takes that and spends their own thing. That's not my point. We can steal all we want. Football coaches do it all the time. But can you be? Can you 
escalate. Can you be the guy that took that shit, massage it into your own, and be the greatest of all time? Tupac did it. Whether he wrote his own lyrics, whether he stole something from whoever, KRS-One or, or Coogee Rap, or he came up watching, you know, Run DMC, whatever it was, he took that shit and fucking freaked it. Yeah, I mean, hold on, JB. Like, I'm, I'm not even talking about the rappers that are like the brand, brand new, but you, whether you like Drake or not, he is an all-time great, whether you're a fan of him or not. Being a fan of somebody and acknowledging how great they are are two separate things. There's, there's got, I'm not the biggest fan of Jay-Z. I like him. I'm not like the biggest fan, but I know this motherfucker is probably top five dead or alive. You could, you could longevity, the success, the numbers that you got to, you got to, I'm not a big fan of LeBron. But I'm not stupid like LeBron. You know what I'm saying? So there's certain there, people. There you know, when it comes to Drake, Little Wayne, even even some of your area, RIP to DMX, uh, uh, some of the older guy, Nas. Like there's been other guys that I'm not saying there's another Tupac like specifically, but it's kind of like your whole argument with, with, with like there's a thousand Coach Primes. Like there are not a thousand Tupacs. I'm not gonna say that, but there are other lyrical guys who rap about stuff that's positive and it's going on with the world. That's why I said Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar is a is a great. He's a very lyrical guy who raps about real shit, shit that he's been through in life, shit about the world. So that's why I'm not. I'm not saying he's Tupac in terms of style and swagger and impact, but the man spits about real shit. J Cole spits about real life shit that people go through, and, and, and it's a true uh, uh, lyricist. Benny the Butcher is a real lyricist. Like there's a there are guys who are real lyricists. Uh, Eminem, somebody, somebody in the chat. Eminem, like, there's a real guys out here who are lyricists. It just, I think that the social media popularizes the 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 the, the commercial music, the, the the young party music, and we let that cloud our judgment of the totality of hip hop. There's still guys out there. I think now. I know we're talking hip hop right now. I'm not the one to be talking hip hop. I know enough about it, but I don't, I'm not a fucking professional. I got buddies that are well deep in this shit. You are much more inversed than me. Here, here's the thing though. Like, I'm just going to talk old school. I think nowadays the beats that come along with social media. So you got the tracks that come along with shit ass lyrics, in my opinion, are straight booty popping club joints that are made for the cell phone era people mm. compared to back in the day where you had an 808 fucking baseline and a goddamn slower nursery rhymer like Too Short. That was still catchy. Now you have catchy booty dropping fucking club bass. All it is is fucking crazy, you know, a, a, a track that someone made that's a tr that blows that your ear. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's cracking. But then the lyrics are goddamn awful. So... I think it goes both ways. So, like, my point is you have commercialized rappers and you have the guys that are underground. And obviously, you know, Nipsey was an underground guy who really never even has, doesn't really have a, I mean, we can, we can argue all we want about it, but he really don't have a fucking catalog. He has, well, he has one album. He had a lot of mixtapes though. He did a lot, yeah, of, he had a lot of underground um, album, but here's the thing about it. Um, Nas will never get the credit he deserves because he never went the Jay-Z route to be commercialized. Nas rather have been underground and do what he did, be a lyricist with his daddy playing the fucking stacks or trumpet, his, his, his homies being guys that are making tracks for him. Jay-Z went commercial, went straight to Swiss Beats, went straight to fucking 
get, get, getting these major production people involved. Nas always did that. I respect that fact, but I also respect the fact Jay-Z's a billionaire. And it yeah. is what it is, right? It goes both ways. It's all subjective, in my opinion, when it comes to entertainment, rap, fucking actors. It's all who you see through your eyes, who you hear through your ears. And like, like Guru, Jay's, uh, Guru and, and Premier, uh, you know, Gangstar. Yeah. Top five to me, favorite of all time. I can listen to that anytime. Guru had the voice. Premier did the track. It went hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Like, there's all this. There's just so and many. It's based upon location. Where you from? You know, where I'm you the represent- gangster rap dude. NWA. I grew up in all this gangster rap shit, but I was, I am like I am now. I'm gonna pay homage to the cats that are good. I'm gonna tell. I'm telling the truth about the ones I don't like or that are bad. It's the same. Like I was yeah. like, man, West Coast rap back in the '90s, like it started to get horrible. The lyrics are shit. I was like, let me hear something. And, and, and so I went to Nas. I went to, you know, fucking. I went to Mob Deep. I went to fucking Smith and Wesson. I, and I, like, I got some, yeah, I got some. Cow, yeah. I, I went to the East Coast, and then I, 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 I was already older, so I, you know, I loved Coogee rap growing up, and fucking, um, just different folks like that. You know, I'm always a Big Daddy Kane, Rakim guy. Rakim right. never cussed, dog. Have you ever heard what he really be talking about? Mm. Like cats can't even imagine. Um, Jazzmatazz, the you know, Guru's albums, Jazzmatazz, the whole. Six of them that I have are unbelievable, mixed with jazz and, and, and him flowing with 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 like Donald Bird on it. And see, cats don't want to fuck with me. I, I, I'm well versed in everything. You guys fucking don't even know who Donald Bird is. But anyway, so I like it's just it is different. It's a different you know thing. So I mean, we got yeah. a track, but I, I just I, think that you're Jada and, and and Will Smith been broke up since 2016. I ain't hear that, but I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I think they got they got some unique shit going on. You know, I don't know if open relationship or, or whatever. So, but um, last thing on the music thing, I just think every era, for the most part, you can get you can listen to whatever you want to listen to. Like meaning, like whatever you, if you're trying to find some lyrics, some lyrics, you can find that. You're trying to find some just club music, you can find that. Some ass shaking music, like whatever you you want to find is out there. Let's stop categorizing an entire culture or industry off of. A handful of songs or a handful of artists that 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 are just popular right now on the radio because there are a lot of very talented artists that that are still doing it at a very high level whether it's underground even guys who are not underground who are mainstream but they're, they're they still out there giving you true bars you know what i'm saying we just got to do our research and really dive into it so but uh, showtime yeah. asked me about your boy little wayne He's like where do you rank little wayne i i'm not i've never been a fan i've never really sat down and listened to him either so be fair so like that's just not my genre. That's not, I've never really, I couldn't tell you. I know a couple songs he's seen. I yeah. can never really tell you anything about Lil Wayne. I can't tell you about it. So it's unfair to tell you where I rank him. Cause I don't, I don't, cause I never, I, I never fuck with him. So it's just weird. Cause I cut rap off like years ago though. I, I cut like when the mumble ship came out and the fucking Panda Panda and all that shit, like 16, 17, I, I'm like, I'm going, I just listen to straight fucking Fody water. I, yeah, that's I funny. So a lot of people, you know what? A lot of people who not from out here do not really like, like, like Cali music or specifically even the Bay Area, that E-40 sound. It's a very unique sound. And if you're not from out in that area, some a lot of stuff he's saying, you don't even know what he's talking about because certain slang that's related to the Bay Area. Any city because he's, he's an entertainer though. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like Eric, the whole world, like everybody know you for it, of course. I'm just saying from a music specific sound, like you ask, I've talked to people from the East Coast, they like 40 ain't he ain't this, he ain't that. It's because again, I think location matters. Like there, there's a couple of local Indianapolis rappers who can spit. I'm not just saying that they literally can spit, but the world don't know because it's Indiana and then nobody we has got those guys on every fucking corner here. Right, who can spit and they talking about shit that's like that you can relate to because you from out here. If I'm, if I'm in and out, but I'm just so in and out, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm from there. So I think sometimes location matters because like, if an East Coast dude say some certain slang that I ain't never heard before, I don't even know like what you're talking about. I remember uh, it's like an old track where Ice Cube was talking about like uh, 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 Jenkin or something. I remember I've been on the movie, the NWA, Shredder Compton movie, and, and people were like, what's Jenkin? What that mean? Like, you know, they ain't know what it meant because it's like some West Coast like slang, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, it's all it's all opinionated, man. But I will say this: Lil Wayne is the goat. If you don't have him as the goat, that's cool. But you, he, he got at least be in your top. He got to be in your top five. He got to be in your top five. So I'm I'm saying this to everybody in the chat. That man is you talk about real lyrics. He's a guy who got similes and metaphors for days. Come on, man. Who? Lil Wayne. Oh that's yeah, I, I never really messed to him. That's the uh, real deal. That's the real deal. So yeah, I never really fuck with him. Showing off student section. <laughs> he knew it was mad, so he went. He went over there, showed his wrist. That's how you make him more mad. You know, haters always gonna be mad. Anything you do, no matter if you do anything good. So he went over there, showed him his wrist, flexed on him, which I love him doing because it just showed people that he don't care. He know he got to go out there and dominate after he do things like. So let me ask you to. Uh, I wanted to bring it up with Matt, but we got off so much film and all this other shit. I gotta ask you. So, so as the coach, old or young, whatever, you can ask any of my players. I'll be ripping his ass, right? Because we ain't won shit yet, number one. Number two, I don't want to have another lacerated liver because someone's targeting my best players, a la Hunter, Travis Hunter, who's finally back cleared five, four weeks later because of all the hoopla that Prime brings to this program. Now, having said that, I used to shit talk better than anybody on the football field. After the game, I'd go up to the motherfuckers that I've competed against and been like, hey, dog, good shit, real shit. If it was real beef, then we'd have beef. Fuck it. But <laughs> I never really went to the crowd because the crowd, to me, even back in the day, we I think we listened to the coach more. Like, we were feared the coach. Like, all right, we're going to run Monday. We're going to do this. There was no escape. We didn't have the escape of the transfer portal. We didn't have the escape of of any of that shit because i think i don't know i think the life's changed right different we get it the, the the parenting the fucking there's so many things we can get into it uh more lax now phones whatever you want to call it so we have had several issues with this quarterback and here's my rant before i let you have it the in a quarterback's job description big smitty can't be late Supposed to lead by words or example. Uh, good grades usually as a quarterback. Bad grade quarterbacks have never worked out for me. Let me be honest with you. If you have bad grades, I didn't recruit you because you can't. You cannot not pass a fucking test in class. That's very easy nowadays, especially this day and age. And then come out and grasp my offensive concepts. It ain't gonna work. I'm just telling you that's something that I've figured out, and I can talk to Gruden. I've talked to. A million NFL and head coach and D1 coaches, they'll tell you the same. There's no way 
you can be shitty in class and be a you could be a freak of nature, but it doesn't mean you're going to be a good quarterback if you can't fucking grasp two plus two equals four. So there's there's that part of it. So that's no long that's not in my job description as a quarterback. My point is none of this is in our job description. Being late, not being a leader. What also isn't in there is showing off, showing up your opponent. And this ain't the first time we've seen Shador do crazy shit. He tried to gouge a dude's eye out through the helmet. He, it's not like he hasn't done some crazy you shit. You tried that too, JB. You, we've talked about no, something. No, 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 no. Let's be clear. I did it on the bottom of a pile in a game. Oh. Not before the game or after. And I agree with you. These phones have made it a lot more prevalent. I, I agree, right? We have phones on Shador. We, you know, all that. But in a game, it don't matter if you had a phone or not, Big Smitty. If you're under the pile and I'm gouging your motherfucking eyes out, that's straight up just being a nasty football playing jack. Nobody was going to film that, bro. So hold on, though. But how is that nasty? And that's we, we like that. But then he do it. He makes it clear as day. Oh, he shouldn't do that. Like, nah, that's being a hypocrite. Either nah, it's bad or it's not. It's, it's black or white. Ain't no in between. All right. One is a competitive act. One is a bitch made act. How though? Like what? You, know, what, my, what, you think you think Shador just did it randomly? You think the motherfucker didn't say some disrespectful shit to him or, or or went to his face? I beat you. Trust me, I'm on them field. You so you play. You know, motherfucker. You, you know, game, trust happen on the field. Do it in the game. You know what we used to do, Smitty? Real talk. You know this too. Even your generation. You know, motherfucker talking shit pregame. You're like, I bet. We'll see you. We'll see you. We'll see you yeah. in the game, motherfucker. I didn't go over there and gouge your eyes out like a little pussy. Come on, homie. I did that shit under the pile when a motherfucker grabbed my nuts. Guess what? I gouge your eyes. When a motherfucker grabbed my, you know, you know, under the pile, big spinning cats uh, twist yeah, ankle. That's what I'm saying. So you twist my ankle under the pile. I'm gouging your motherfucking eye out. That is competitive in the game act. Gouging your Little pussy ass. Get the fuck out of here. I think it's totally, I think he's done. My point is this, Minnie. I'm going to cut it to you. <laughs> he's stacking shit up. It's stacking up. We continue to see all this dumb shit. Like, you're the quarterback, homie. You're not the receiver. You're not the DB. That is my issue as the head coach. A little less being the daddy and the head coach. But just as the head coach, me, that is my take on this. I wanted to get into Matt about it again because we I didn't get to say it. I let Matt talk yesterday. But that's kind of my point to this whole thing. Shit is stacking up. And how many targets are you going to put on your quarterback? Like, how many targets do you think this motherfucker has on him right now? But and, JB, he already got the target. Cool, cool the, the target is already on him because he's he's Deion Sanders' son. I don't care if Shador did if Shador was mute and didn't talk at all. That's Coach Prime's son. As a football it. player, I'm on the field. I'm like, oh, that's Deion Sanders' son. Oh uh, yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to show y'all like what it is. You want to show out because that's it's like LeBron's son. Any any great who has a kid, the uh, the, the opposition is gonna try to come at you full speed. Point blank period. Is he adding more fuel to the fire? Yes. But as a competitor, as a as an athlete on the field, I don't, I'm not backing down from nobody. I want you to be at your best. Cause you can only put you can only do what you can do. You can only be at your best. So at the end of the day, whether I'm showing my watch off, I'm, I'm dancing, I'm showing, I'm talking shit. It's not like you're you're gonna become some if you're a three-star guy, you're a three-star guy. 
you're not going to just become a five-star recruit overnight because Shador been showing out and now you're pissed off. You're, you're only as good as what you can be. So put a target on my back. I want to, if, if I'm confident in myself and believe I'm like that, I want, I want the target on my back. That's why you played the video with Travis Hunter. He says like, he said Shador knows what he's doing. He said Shador knows that every time he shows out the game and shows his watch that he's putting a target on his back. He wants that. As a competitor, I don't want to soften it up and, and you come out there and you're not playing at your best because I don't want no excuses. I want, I want JB to be the best version of JB. So when I kick your ass, there's no excuse. And it's football. It's trash talking. It's talking shit. And none, none of us has ever been the son of a great. So my point of bringing it up is these fans, every time they play an away game, these, these students are overrated the whole game. Shador sucks. Shador sucks. So when I win and I beat your team, look at the watch. Because you've been but talking shit so You looked at the watch before you ever played a game, homie. What do you mean? So we're supposed to just take it and ask because you've been talking shit since January on social media, on your YouTube channels and shit. You started this. Starting that won't be none. Like, cool. It blows my mind that, that Dion and all these players could talk all this shit year-round. But then when a motherfucker barks back and hits a motherfucker in the chest and a coach claps back at Dion, they're either A, racist, B, rude, disrespectful. Get the fuck out of here. So we're just going to forget about all the shit they've been talking? Fuck no. I don't got no bitch in my blood, dog. I'm going to come well, back. Listen, I'm cool with all of it. I'm, I'm cool with all of it. Like, like I, 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 I like smoke. I want the fans to talk shit. I want the coach to talk shit. We want. Let's. It's football. It's a right, real right, man sport. We ain't out here playing right, fucking hopscotch. It's football. We gonna talk shit. We gonna, we gonna be cocky. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna tell you, JB. I'm kicking your ass this week. Stop me. And, and that's that, that's what we gonna do. Football. What we talking about? Here's the, here's, here's the take. I disagree with you on. You said that he's prime son, so he's gonna get hate. I I totally disagree. It's no, because not, hey, of I'm saying own. You, it's the target's going to be on him. The target's going to be on because he's prime I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But it, I don't believe so because we've had sons before. Like Christian McCaffrey, dog. His daddy was a fucking great in Denver. He ain't doing that shit. Not, he's not prime level. But what I'm saying is I disagree with this. Seeing or Christian McCaffrey, if he started a YouTube channel prior to him playing and he's on that motherfucker and he's he's doing all his shit, People would have an eye on him regardless of who his daddy is. I think that if Prime Son was just playing in the jersey swap era that we are currently in, he ain't going to take no high hate. Deion Son wasn't going to take no hate. He started it. If Deion Son didn't do a show, didn't film everything, didn't do all this, dog, they'd be trying to get his jersey signed after a game. Keep it 100, homie. This is the jersey swap era. Ain't nobody hating on him. Because of his daddy, they hating on him because of who he is. Let's keep it real. I think I, I think it's a combination of both. But at the end of the day, I don't have no problem with it because, like, I'm not gonna tell you to be somebody who you're not. I'm not somebody who, who's gonna be just super, you know, just quiet and polished and insecure and not and not talk shit and not show out. I'm not. That's not who he is. His daddy is Deion Sanders. He was flashy from fucking day one. Draft day, he said, he said, if, if so-and-so would have drafted me, they would have to put me on layaway. I would have asked for so much damn money. That's Coach Brown from his whole fucking life. So your kids going to be raised by that same way. So I can't tell Shador. You basically saying, Shador, don't be yourself because I don't like it. Fuck no. no. Be yourself. No. I didn't say that. I'm saying this. 
if Shador wasn't the guy that he is right now, basically antagonizing the fucking country with his style and whatever, which is cool. Do you if you're going to do it, but just expect we're coming after your ass too. Now that being having has having said that, if you're telling me, Smitty, if if this cat Shador Sanders and you were cool because you guys are cool on social media and you guys are are chilling and you're going to play against him and he wasn't this cocky guy, you're telling me you wouldn't go up to Shador and be like, hey, dog, can I get your daddy's autograph? He's Deion Sanders, homie. There's a flip side to your coin, Smitty. He's Deion fucking Sanders. I guarantee you every player in the country be trying to get Deion's signature and autograph instead they're trying to kill his son because of his cocky, arrogant fucking act. I don't think so. I don't think as much as much as players like love coach like Deion Sanders like that. I, I, I'm gonna put myself back as a again. I I stopped playing 2016. It ain't been that long. So I'm like, I could not see myself after a game, win or loss, going to the opposition's head coach and ask for their autograph. I might want to go shake his hand, like, hey, I respect I respect everything you've done, like for the sport. Nice to meet you, and walked off. But I, I'm not about to be like. Hey coach, hey coach Brown, man, I know can I get your autograph? Like, nah, there's no, there's no way in hell. I I think I think it's a little overblown. I get the air we in and jer- jersey swapping is something that the NFL does. I get it, but guys are still competitive. Guys are not about to go line up post-game to get the opposition's fucking autograph. I just can't. I'm sorry. I could be wrong. I that is again, as somebody who just got done playing seven years ago, again, seven years ain't, ain't no short time, but it ain't been that long. I just don't see us going to the opposition. Post game, shoulder pads on, sweating, and asking the opposite coach, winner after winner or loss, for their autograph. I think that's a little. I think I think that's a little too far. JB, at the end of the day, man, before we close out, this guy is just being who he is, man. He has a certain swag, a certain flavor, and we might not like it, but I can't tell him be somebody else. Allen Iverson, people didn't like the way Allen Iverson approached the game. Allen Iverson was being him. Everybody has their way of being. That's who they are. That's cool, but what's the problem with that? That's my point. That's cool. And Shador is throwing 19 touchdowns and two picks. So they're coming at him, and he's and, he, and he's returning the fire right back. So say we want 19 touchdowns, two picks. They ain't coming at him hard enough, obviously. They four and two. They do his thing. As a competitor, I want you come come at me. That's fine. Oregon sure made him look real fucking shitty. Yeah, but we'll see. They're the better team right team. now. And like Dion said, you got to get me now. So we'll see. We'll see how this thing. This, this but is it's not going to be that long. We'll see how this thing plays out the next, you know, the next few years. We'll see. I don't know. Who knows? All I know is right now, I don't have a problem with players going out there playing with confidence, playing with swag, talking shit. And I don't have a problem with people talking shit to Shador. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. That's me. There's a difference between confidence, though, and fucking blissful arrogance like there's a show up mentality you're showing up everybody i i lived that life trust me i lived it as a coach because i was for my players i was only for my players i didn't give a fuck about myself i didn't care if anyone everyone hated me that's what they did because i recruited everybody i worked everybody and we beat that ass and the players wanted to play for me so guess what automatically is going to happen hate you're going to get hated on by other coaches i was cool with that because i took an oath to defend my players I have no issue with that, but I also wasn't going to allow my player to do these things because I wasn't on the field no more to protect that dude. So if I'm going to, on one side, say I'm all about my babies and protect, and then on the other side, I'm not out there anymore. Dion can't go out there. He can't backpedal. He can't cover. He can't pick nothing off. So 
And when a dude takes a cheap shot at fucking Travis Hunter, what is Dion going to do? It is because of the act. The whole overall act. That's football, that's, no, JB. It's a rival. It's a rivalry game. That's not just because of them talking. That's a rivalry game. They've been doing dirty hits forever. You, we talked about that on this show. Let me ask you this, man, real quick. I know we we over time. Did you have a problem with Baker Mayfield in college? Did we have a problem with Baker Mayfield going to yeah, the middle of the fucking field yeah, Oklahoma or, or wherever they play and putting yeah. the flag in there? I did a whole video. He was going yeah. way louder than this. I yes. didn't hear the same. We heard noise, but I didn't like. I don't understand. Like, be you. I, I did a hey. Just so you know, I'm gonna keep it the same. But yeah. I did a whole video on that shit bird. Yes, he was a shit bird. I think. Come on, you know I've been calling this motherfucker a fake ass good boy since he's been in the league. So yeah. you, I'm the wrong one to ask if I'm the one that talks shit. Yeah, I did talk shit about the shit bird. He's again a quarterback. So was Johnny Manziel. Called his ass out. So was fucking all these other ones. I've called, by the way, those are white boys, aren't they? Okay, yeah. cool. So I just want to be clear on the fact that I call out what is supposed to be called out. And just because y'all can't handle the truth, don't be mad at me. It, it don't it, matter what color you are. It, it Green, crazy. I'm not so more society. Like when Johnny Football doing all this, you know, listen, we, we called it Johnny Football. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was promoted. It was love. Shadur do it. He needs to be more humble. He's, ah, he's, ah, Wait a minute! They like hold on, bro. Like, like my, my the only thing I get like traditionally we were taught that a quarterback's supposed to be buttoned up, say the right things to the media, suited up with the tie, very respectful, very humble, very stern, very. And I'm cool with that. That's cool if that's who you are. But if you're not that, then I'm not going. Well, are you that. saying people didn't talk about about Baker? Because Baker used to get fucking vilified. What do you mean? People did. People, people, people did. People did. I, I, I just feel like the fact that they were winning and he went to Heisman that it, early on it kind of got overshadowed. To me, Baker got vilified more during the draft process and then in the NFL because he did. He wasn't playing to the same level as he was in college. And college, he he got some backlash. He got some trash talk. But at the, again, they were winning. Winning cures all. And he was winning so much. They winning the Heisman. I just didn't see the same level of backlash. At that point, I'm saying I saw more when he got to the league. So that's what I'm saying. So, yes, I'm serious. Let me me ask you this. I know we got to get out of here. I got to get out of here, too. I got to go to Woodland Hills again. Um, That drive ain't no joke, by the way. I got to go up and back before traffic. So I got to hurry up. Uh, I'll I'll bring you some Chick-fil-A or something. Um, Before I say, I got to, I got to, I got to, here's the take I have with this Baker Mayfield thing. Like, if you were a player, you. You go on the field. At what point did Smitty, Big Smitty, Darnell Smith say, man, fuck, I'm taking my shit talking from these players, the team we're playing, and I'm going over to the fucking fan base, and I'm going to start doing all this old shit. You never did that. Stop playing, and neither did any of your teammates. But, JB, that's not me, though. I had teammates that I know would do that. I I know, I know. So my my, my point is, JB, you can only be who you are. Why are we trying to put everybody in a a box to be your quarterback? Be like this. Your D lineman be like this. No, I'm Darnell Smith from 42nd to Post Road. This is my upbringing. This is how I was. This is who I am. So and so might be so and so from fucking Tampa, Florida. This is his upbringing. This is how so and so is from fucking Colorado and does it. This dude right here, he, he likes to shoot deer and hunt. Everybody's different. That's the beauty of football. You got all these different backgrounds, different coaches all mixed together for the one singular purpose of playing this game and winning the game. So I, I can't, like, as long as you're 
bringing in full effort, you're taking responsibility, and you're performing on the field. You're not getting in trouble with no law, anything like that. I'm not going to sit here and have an issue with you being like who you are. Be you, because that's what that's what gets you there. That's what allows you to play free and, and, and be loose. My guy Darius right now is in the chat. Shout out to my boy Darius right now. He from he's from Atlanta. He's from the A. Play corner. He come out there with a different type of swag. Like Darius gonna talk shit. He gonna come down and hit you and give him flex. That's who Darius is. That's what gets Darius going so he can be at his best. I might, I might, if I get a sack, I'm a flex and I'm gonna keep it going. Everybody different. Some guys make a play, they don't do shit. They don't even celebrate. So, like, I, everybody's different is all I'm saying. So, let's stop putting guys in a box. You're a quarterback. You should be one way. Like, come on. That ain't realistic, bro. Jimmy, you know how it is. You didn't play. So, show me a guy that's won a Super Bowl that's done this shit. This shit. Why is Super Bowl the only, the only, like, is this so what are we playing for, homie? You want to? Is your door supposed to just stop playing and go do YouTube? I that, but there's a lot of success a player can have without winning a fucking Super Bowl. Philip Rivers is still an all-time great. Dem is still an all-time great. So you know, when are we going to have a You act like you won the Super Bowl. That's that's it. Aren't you the professional? That's what his daddy's preaching, right? I'm I'm teaching this professional. He's going to be a first rounder. What are we going to be a first rounder for? To go through this shit so we can... What is What's the issue? Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow come out with the fucking cigar and the suited and the dress. How you want to dress and doing all this and that. Cam Newton didn't win Super Bowl, but he damn sure was he in the Super Bowl. Cam he Newton won. went to his Super Bowl, won the MVP. He and, won. And we, we know how Cam get down. We're like, I, he like, hasn't we, won nothing, You went to the fucking Super Bowl, JB. You If you went to the Super Bowl, whether you won or not, you were... You were one of the top two teams in the fucking league that year. So that, 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 that's not you, – you, on. you're so one-track-minded on either you won or you it. Joe Burrow won a natty, dog. What did Shadur won? Hold on. You would have smoked a cigar after winning a natty, too. Well, I didn't see Joe Burrow smoking a cigar when they were fucking four and two. I'm saying, I'm saying be who you are. Be who you are. Cam Newton's a guy who, who – People judge him on how he dresses, how he acts, and his style, and doing a Superman every single touchdown, and talking shit, and doing all this and that, and it led to a fucking a hell of a, a, a it was a, a span of MVP, fifteen to one season, and makes it to a Super Bowl. That's hard to fucking do. That's all I'm saying. Like, be who you are. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, I, like, I, don't, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't understand it. Like, we act like you got to be I'm this one fucking way. Are. To win Super Bowls, like it, it's not I've the never case. said not be who you are. I just told you as a coach, there is no place in a quarterback job description that is proven to be successful doing this shit. This is what a wideout does. This is what a running back do. This is the shit. All eyes are on the quarterback, Vic Smitty. You're telling me that more eyes aren't on Shador than the fucking running back? Come on, homie. This is the quarterback. He's the fucking face of the whole get down. He's the face. All eyes are on you. That is my point as a coach, but you'll never understand that part. Either with Matt, because Matt ain't Matt trains. He has it coached. There is a fucking huge difference. I'm not about to put a target on my quarterback's fucking neck every single day because I'm allowing him to do this crazy shit. I'm just telling you, that's the coach's side of it. I get your side too, but I'm, I, I, and I would never tell a quarterback not to be himself. Alan, did I ever say not to be swagged out and fucking not do your thing? But do you think I'm letting Alan run in the stands? Come on, man. Like, this is the difference of the quarterback position we're talking about. Maybe I'd say it out of context. 
I'm strictly talking quarterback, and I'm not trying to change his swag. I'm trying to make sure that I'm setting this motherfucker up for success, not failure, because all eyes are on you. And guess what? You're going to get your fucking ankle wrapped up in, the, in a pile because of what you do. Just telling you. At, at the end of the day, as long as you balling out, you ain't getting in no trouble, do your thing. So right not, now, until, yeah. until he gets the next step, now, if he starts playing shitty, maybe you can, you know, when people start playing bad, you start people start fishing for any little reason to yeah, why they're right, playing right. bad. So maybe you'll do that. Easy. But right now, the man's throwing 19 touchdowns, two picks. So I I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, right now, I, I, can't affect it. I agree. When he has a couple shitty games, like Oregon game, they were all out on his neck. I didn't go after him after Oregon. You didn't see me talk shit. I, that is the easy way out. You're going to have hiccups. You're going to have bumps in the road. I, trust me. I'm not going to go after a guy because he struggles because that's what everyone does, and I hate that common fan. But the issue is we got to look big picture here. This is a quarterback. It's not a fucking wide receiver that nobody gives a shit about. It's a quarterback. And I'm like, when are we going to coach the motherfucker instead of allow it? That's just my point. I don't know. That's just me to coach. But his way. You're always going to get scrutinized when you lose. Look at Prime. He he, he lost the game finally, and everyone's oh, finally back to normal. So you're going to get all that shit. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But he's also been sacked more than anybody in the country. Because his O-line's bad. And, you know, I don't know. I respect the fact, it, like, who – it's my last thing. I do got to go. Whoever you're going to be, be that at all times. Don't switch up because you won. Don't switch because you lost. If you're a shit talker, talk shit. If you're flashy, be flashy. If you're quiet and, like – you know, typical, traditional, be that. That's cool. Don't be phony. Don't be fake. Be who you are at all times. If you go 0-12, be who you are. If you 12-0, hey, be who you are. So that's, who I, that's my last hey, I was on. I was on Speak for Yourself. Remember that? Yep. You hear me cuss? No, you wanted to. Bad, though. Bad. But by, by line, did you hear me cuss? <laughs> no, because you could not cuss in that situation. No, I could cuss. No, you could not. Why not? Yeah, you, you could have said it. You would have got your ass taken off air is what I'm saying. The line is, you got to no this. You tell me all the time, Big City. You got to adhere to change. You're going to change a little bit to get something that you haven't gotten. He's a quarterback. What do you mean? He's going to have to change. This isn't stopping him from getting this anything. Mean, You're talking about Mel Kuyper just put up his, his prediction for draft. He got to do a top five right now. Mel Kuyper do. I'm well, not saying Mel Kuyper's the fucking horrible. Bible. I'm just saying that like he's least. Mel Kuyper's horrible. I'm just, I know. I'm just saying they got they got this guy projected to go if, if he was in the draft. So my point is what he's doing, at least to this point, has not impacted anything. We're, we're in the social media world, dog. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I. I, I mean, I, I could tell you right now that Shadur Sanders will never make it in the NFL. I'll, I'll tell you that right now, but but we're going to break that down later. But I could come out and tell you that. Oh, you ain't going to make it in the NFL. I, I, but the there's no point in saying that because we, we, we legit don't know. You know what I'm we saying? Don't like, 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 we don't know. Because he is, let's say he ends up making it, he's a long-time backup or whatever. You know, cool. Long, Ten-year backup quarterback. It's a hell of a career. He did make and, it. And that's my, point. We, that's we my point. That's my point. That's why I'm like, that's my point, though. That's why I would never come out and say, okay, but he's not number one pick. He's stiff. He doesn't have a cannon. He's very uh, mechanically in enabled. There's a lot of things to him. What he's done, though, has impressed me. And I said, he is better than I thought he would be. But is he a number one guy and a Heisman and all this shit? No. Stop it. Please. But we're going to break that down. We're going to break that down. I got film on that, too. We'll break that down. Um, 
Big Spinny, been a great show. I know we went long because we got into this. We'll we'll continue this tomorrow with T. Rich, Trent Richardson Thursday. Already Thursday. God. Um, Thursday night football tomorrow. I don't, I don't even know who play. I think it's a good game, though, I think. I don't even know who play either. Shit, I've been driving, traveling, building, creating houses. I, you know, I do it all. Short, fast, skinny, tall. Uh, my wife is home. I go, I'm gonna go over and give her a big ass hug and a kiss. I ain't seen her all night. I'm gonna give me something to eat and get and get ready for work. If y'all need me, I'm gonna be in the Discord a little bit today. Shout out to everybody who's tuned in. Shout out to my homeboy Darius Conaway. I love to see my boy in the chat every single day. FA Scott and my for my, my ball state brothers, all the loyal fans, Chris, uh, uh Blake, they go Eddie Many. Well, look at Eddie, he ain't sitting on all show. <laughs> Thank you, great show, Cole. Appreciate you, Eddie. Hey, this cat right here, uh, Darius, your boy. Yeah. I know why he's on your side, because I would have cut both you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 Darius, hey, call in them all, Darius. Call in them all. Fuck it. <laughs> you know Darius couldn't play for me. Couldn't bust a grape in the fruit fight, homeboy. Peace. Missing. We switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we killed it, yeah, it's a wrap. We won the games we missing, we switched it and filled the gap. Smitty.